Raw milk, it'll kill you. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, February 3rd, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 275. This is No Agenda. Preparing for a day of rage from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center here in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. I am Adam Curry in the morning. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I have a green screen on the radio to make it seem as though I'm in Egypt, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. I like that. That's a good one. Green I'm in screen. Egypt, Adam. Yes, I can tell, John. You need some uh, like fighting sounds behind you. Oh, I just yeah. got hit in the head ten times. Ooh, ooh. Oh, and a guy and a guy walked right up to me, looked at me, and then punched, punched me right, me in, the right face. in the face. Yeah. Hey, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you. In the morning to all the ships at sea and boots on the ground. Wings in the skies, foots in the oceans, checks in the mails, bakers in the kitchens, dungs in the pit, astronauts manning the moon and Mars base stations, anyone napping for humanity, hams on the air and human resources everywhere especially those in the chat room with us this morning no stream.com all charged up and ready to go exactly the way your government loves you because we need you powered i think the nap for humanity thing is going to catch on you know someone uh, one of our producers actually i have it here on email i should give him props um john cartwright said i think you guys missed an awesome opportunity to brand this initiative nap and trade you know, I saw that, but I thought I did. I think a pun like that. Uh, oh, come on, that's awesome. I think I don't. It's great. I wasn't as impressed, and I'll tell you why. Really? For oh. one, I, well, for one thing, that's been overused with crap and trade. Right. Okay, that's cap true. and tax, and all these people have taken <laughs> variations of that, and so I think it's cliched already. The second thing is, I don't think you can get the kind of traction with a pun that you can with a legitimate uh, nap for humanities type of, of a moniker. I just don't think puns... No, I, I agree. Have the, I, I, I agree. don't think... Give me an example of a pun that has any traction. It doesn't matter because we already cut the jingles. Nap for humanity. So it doesn't matter. We're already there. No, I'm just saying it. it's the only reason I'm <laughs> rationalizing why we're already there. Let's play it again. Oh, okay. Nap for Humanity. <laughs> I think it's got a, it's got a nice somnambulistic quality to it. It makes you want to take a nap. It does. I'm 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 like quiet already. I'm I'm falling asleep. <laughs> and I'm waiting for the iNap app. The iNap. There's a <laughs> Well, there should be, you know you're right. There should be an app that uh uh you start it when you take the nap and then it starts counting your carbon credits. Yeah, it yeah. should be a running carbon credit. And then when you wake up, you you you, you can feel good about yourself. You pop it and you go, "Wow!" Yeah, and it'll and it'll and it'll credit. tweet. It'll tweet. <laughs> I I it'll tw- I just <laughs> created tweet. ten carbon exactly. credits with nap for humanity. <laughs> I nap for humanity. Ten carbon credits, and it'll post something to your wall on Facebook. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Great. Somebody out there can design this iNap app. Yeah, and it'll be done now. The thing is, is that does, has anyone done the calculation? Do we have the math on this? Does it matter? Yes, I think we should be legit. Okay, well, someone can do that. We we need the so how many carbon credit? Well, I was just looking at the. Um, I have it somewhere here. I have the uh, the current pricing because they're reopening the uh, exchanges in Europe. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, you know, they got past that whole uh, that whole scam thing. Pretty quickly, I might add. Oh, it doesn't take much. No. Uh, let me see. Uh, can lit lap in this stuff. Yeah, National Carbon Registries will open within days. Let me give you the current uh, price per metric ton. This is coming direct from Bloomberg. 
So then we just have to figure out how many metric tons a human resource um, exudes on a daily basis. How many? Uh, well, I'm sure it's not tons. Well, we have to do if we can do the sleeping versus waking. Mm-hmm. Then we can calculate the nap, and then people can. And what we're going to do for our carbon credits is we're going to have people pledge to nap. Okay, one. Uh, here we go. Uh, future delivery to. Uh, so <laughs> I love this EU futures for delivery in two thousand December two thousand eleven. So. <laughs> Carbon still to be delivered. I, when I opened my pie hole in 2011, we're not affected by the registry suspension. Uh, lost as much as 1% to, here it is, 14.58 euros a metric ton. 14 euros a ton? For so it's about 14.50 a ton of carbon, yeah. So I just you just got to figure out how much... Uh, uh, carbon does a human resource exude. Now, you have to take into account uh, that you may be uh, passing wind while you sleep, so you have to deduct that from Yeah, but the, you'll uh, be passing wind anyway. Yeah, but you you know, know, you, I think you pass wind uh, I, in your sleep. Uh, yeah, just but you take... pass wind anyway. I mean, there's nothing, you can't stop yourself from passing wind, so that's that's not a variable. <laughs> we have to take it into account. We have to have all we the parameters. Have to take it into account. If we, if, we wanna, if we want to be accurate... No, because it's going to happen whether you're napping or not napping, so it's, it doesn't make any difference. I'm you're sorry. completely wrong on the farting. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me give you a little PR uh, jiggle here. You, you know our buddy Maynard down under in uh, Australia? He's on the like the real Australian radio station there. Yeah, our, on our pal. ABC. So um, he took the whole vodka eyeballing thing to a whole new level and got an expert. <laughs> And interviewed an expert about vodka balling, and uh, gave uh, gave us some props. <laughs> that's his little intro music. I've I investigated guess. some pretty stupid things in my time, but one of the most stupid things that's come to uh, my notice recently from overseas podcasts, um, Adam Curry has covered it extensively. By the way, notice I'm the stupid one. When when they're stupid in the sentence, John C. Dvorak doesn't come up. Kind of interesting. Is um. The big vodka eyeball shot fiasco. This is where people, usually young people, are doing vodka shots into their eye. Who would do that? I don't know. I've seen pretty stupid people doing it. So I've come to an eye optometrist here in Emsley. Hi, Ian. How are you? Good, thanks very much. How are you? Drinking vodka can be dangerous enough without pouring it into your eye. Oh, exactly. Yeah, it's forty uh, percent alcohol, as you know. Uh, vodka has been used as disinfectant. Yeah, what are you going to do? Pour disinfectant into your eye? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that the actual airwaves in Australia are polluted with the bullcrap we come up with on this show. I'm, I'm still thinking it is bullcrap. That's the problem, except for the fact your daughter confirmed it. Although I'm not, I'm skeptical still. No, she wouldn't. She has no reason to BS me. She's, people are actually, of course, if you listen to the whole thing, it's about three minutes. Um, well, what is the conclusion? Can we play the whole thing? I'm in, interested in hearing <laughs> what the I'll, guy says. I'll if play this it up is to indeed the, a real ophthalmologist. I'll play it up to the conclusion. I mean, it's a very, very stupid thing to do. Now, the idea is that it actually gets you drunk faster because there's uh, blood vessels in your eyes that can absorb the vodka faster than it can through your stomach. From a, a man who is a, a drinker, be an optometrist, what's your <laughs> professional opinion on this idea? Oh, totally false. I mean, there might be some very, very minimal absorption, but it'd be incredibly tiny compared to what the stomach and especially the small intestine can do. Yeah. So there you go. There's the conclusion. So it's bull crap. 
Well, no, it's bull crap that it gets you drunk, but it's not bull crap that the kids are doing it. But, I mean, you know, it's typical of these kids. I mean, I don't want to, you know, do a blanket thing, but the kids out there listening to the show know this that they're they're susceptible. They're they're subject to suggestion. Yes. You know, they say, oh, I'm oh, I'm so drunk. I mean, it reminds me of these people I've run into <laughs> all so, the time. Oh, I'm, I'm so wasted, man. I'm wasted. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, dude, I've been, that's been water. water. <laughs> I'm no, oh, man, I'm wasted. That can't be, man. Oh, really? Water? <laughs> oh, 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 never mind. I'm also wasted. Anyway. Hey, guess what? What? Egypt. No. There's something going on in Egypt? Yeah. Can I, so can, I, well, you've probably taken it trying to deconstruct this. We last week, I think we kind of had some of it deconstructed to some extent. So people complimented us for like making them laugh. But uh, <laughs> have you come up with anything? Because I've got another whole direction. That well, yes, just, I, I have come up with one thing, which actually starts off by giving you an extra point for today's program, and that is a carryover point from the last show, where you called the script. Uh, with Jordan being next, and of course we now know that uh, uh, since the last program, uh, the the royal family has taken all kinds of measures. Uh, but um, if anyone would be in on the script, it would be uh, Henry Kissinger. Oh. Because, of course, he's one of the elitists. Is he still alive? Oh, yeah. He's one of the elitists of the world. Uh, uh, Mr. Gurry. So there's, there's a couple uh, things, and the, the big payoff comes uh, at the end of this clip when he was on... Uh, <laughs> It was on Bloomberg. Yeah, you're very close. And the first thing uh, that happened that I thought was really interesting is we uh, we have uh, the, the the shill showed up. Al Baradai is the guy's name. And uh, if you want to know what he's all about, uh, first of all, the minute I saw Anderson Cooper interviewing the guy in what looked like someone's backyard barbecue pit, I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> this was pre-taped in like New Jersey. And the guy's like, uh, yeah. Well, so so this guy is a, is a total shill. He's um um he's for, I think he's formerly from the International Atomic Energy Board, uh, something like that. But more importantly, um, he is. I'm just pulling it up here, and then I'll play the clip for you. Uh, he's on the International Crisis Group Board, uh, which is a complete elitist Gitmo Nation society. And, you know, George Soros and all these guys are on the board. So this guy the is... Crisis yeah, board. Yeah. Another drinking club. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, man, before I do the shot in my eye, why don't you go run Egypt? So, um, so Kissinger talks about him, and then he really blew me away with the confirmation that this entire thing is a script. Um, I want to get first your take on Elba. By the way... This girl, if you take a look at the video linked in the show notes, noagendashow.com, she was standing like a hooker on the street corner, like completely like sexed up, and it was really weird and uncomfortable to watch. And he was on the phone, of course, but it's just like, whoa. What's she doing on the street? It looked, well, it was, a, it was a full... Is that the kind of money they're paying at Bloomberg? This woman has to work two jobs? <laughs> yes. And whether or not, you know, he's become sort of the, 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 the person or the face of this opposition movement. Uh, what do you know about him and how much influence is he going to have in a new government? I, I know El Paradai. He is an uh, intelligent, civilized man who has lived in exile, uh, who uh, has even lived in Egypt. So to me, he looks like a transitory 
sort of transitional figure that emerges. So very this important. Is bogus. This isn't even Kissinger. This is somebody <laughs> doing a goof on you guys. So uh, the, is, uh, I'm telling you, I've, I've heard Kissinger a million times. I know that crazy gravelly voice of his. That's not him. Okay, well, let's listen. It's a goof. Well, let's listen to the real Kissinger. Uh, at the real Kissinger, and uh, so first he says, I, I know him. He, this is transitory. He's just there temporarily. At the beginning of a revolution, and that will, uh, having performed his function of bringing about a transition, will disappear from the scene. <laughs> this is great. So after he performs his function of transition, he'll disappear from the scene. He'll just yeah, kind of... Yeah, one way or yeah. another. Uh-huh. So you believe he's going to be a temporary figure? I think almost certainly it will yes. be a temporary figure. Because it's the way the script is written. I shall tell you more in a moment. In order to govern, you have to represent some social forces. And I don't know what forces inside Egypt El Paradai represents. But that isn't, that's not a useless function. No, but indeed, no, it is, it is not, certainly not, and you can see his influence this time around. What does she know? No, no, certainly, she, I, I don't even think she can even understand what he's saying. She's just saying, no, 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 whatever, and she's looking like a hooker. However, <laughs> some have talked about the vice, the vice president right now, uh, Omar Suleiman, as perhaps emerging as a stronger leader uh, in Egypt. What do you know about him? Well, he is the head of intelligence. Uh, and uh, he is uh, supposed to be highly intelligent and... Uh, <laughs> I hope so. Now, now listen, because he's, he's going to make a mistake here. He's going to cover it up, and then he's going to hammer it home. Quite sophisticated, and he's been, I think, the liaison to at least some of our, acts, our, our relationships in, uh, in Egypt. So... Uh, uh, is He's doing a vodka eyeball shot right now. He's like, hold on. Hold on. I have to do a vodka ball. Hold on one moment. Hey, by the way, you look pretty hot, sweet snooks. Is he a friend of the U.S., Dr. Kissinger? Well, when things reach this point, you can't <coughs> classify things easily as friend of the United States or not. He is, uh, uh, yes, up to now, he has been very cooperative. <laughs> We have ways of making him cooperate. Uh, with the United States. But what will happen now is that all, that once the transition has been completed. Now, okay, listen very closely now. Once the transition has been, he, he knows exactly what's going, he's telling you the script right here, right now, and you won't believe what he's about to say. All the political forces are going to begin maneuvering for space and for appealing to a sort of inchoate public. The military are one force. The Muslim Brotherhood is another huge force. Uh, there are other forces that have not been... Whatever you can say about Mubarak, he... You hear that? He said, there are other forces that have not been... Uh, and then he stops himself. They've not been... Uh, hmm, what? Uh, activated, uh, Henry? Kept the situation moderate. So you don't know what radical force... Okay, get ready for it. This is a country emerge now that have been underground. We are going to go through a period of great uncertainty and of a lot of maneuvering uh, once the lid is off. Right now, everybody's focused on the removal of Mubarak. That is only the first scene of the first act of a drama that has to be played out. <laughs> 
the first scene of the first act of the drama that has to be played out, of which I have the script right here in front of me. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> it's an admission right there. That to me, that's an admission. Well, it's when the you first get older, scene of the you, first you act. To, uh, you can't think, right? You you start messing up. Yeah, he, it, it was. If, yeah, well, there it's, it, it's definitely scripted. <clears throat> Whatever the case is, like, before we go in, I got some some stuff. I just want to re- tell people so they can look for these little tidbits too, along with the whole thing being something. So, by the way, Suleiman was on this morning. Speaking for the government already. Yeah, I, I, and I, I heard the translation. They had a woman doing his voice, yeah, which I she, find highly annoying. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was, uh, uh, it's all, you know, these guys all work for uh, for us. Anyway, uh, let's let's thank a few executive producers before we get into the meat of the show so we can at least get this out of the way. We have no 275 club members. Which is quite to. a shame, uh, I think. Yeah, uh, such a good number. Yeah. I think the people missed an opportunity, but okay. Yeah, I think so, yep. too. So I can scrap that one right off the show notes, okay? Uh, Daniel Strack, uh, Sir R. Daniels, actually. Uh, Colts next, New Jersey, uh, 32220 will be our executive producer. Does he round out a second knighthood with that, I think? I have a feeling uh, I, he does. I think there's a separate letter about that. It's possible. Uh, but I you think, don't know? <laughs> well, I don't have it in front of me. I mean, I, I'll look it up in the, in this, at the halfway point. And uh, we'll find out. But he's got no note attached. Okay. Uh, Ashley, Mr. Ashley Hogg. I, I like that there's a Mr. Mr. in there. from Because uh, Ashley is a, you know, except right. in the U.K. I think, it's, I think it's more popular as a male name in the U.K. And Ashley will be an uh, associate executive producer? Yeah. And he's in Leamington Spa, spa in Warwickshire, War, Warwickshire. 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 Leamington Spa, Warwickshire. United yes. States of Gitmo East. 222.22. Please accept this donation $222 as a way of de-douching myself. You've been de-douched. Having listened to the show right from the get-go, which I didn't know is a term they'd use in England, <laughs> but never donated. I'm also thinking of taking up one of the monthly plans, but can't decide what to go for yet. Go for the eleven dollars and eleven. Uh, go for no, go for the eleven eleven. It's a good eleven eleven is a great plan to be on. I think that's a great plan. Thanks for the hugely entertaining show and also massive for massively increasing my stress levels. Well we shouldn't be doing that. By making me think more about the sinister goings on. It's supposed to relax you. Yeah, that saddens me a bit because the whole idea is that you can look at all of this and just go, Oh, it's okay, I understand it. Yeah, you're above it. You become meta. Uh, we, this is like what the show does. It makes you so you don't you don't get stressed out by the news because you see the scripts unfolding, you see the bull crap, you you get you you become highly amused by what's yes, going it's on. It's entertaining. It's a relaxing. He says that what saddens him more is how difficult it is to get friends and family to do the same. Yeah, well, that's your problem. Forget about but it. I say that's why I say on this show to <laughs> preach to the converted, right? Uh, preach to the choir because you're not going to turn anybody around getting them to listen to this show. I, I guess most people really are just happy to keep going blindly screwed over by the elites, eh? <laughs> if you could also give me a tiny mention of my iPhone app, Pocket Mini Golf Two, that would be the greatest. Pocket Mini Golf 2. I'll, I'll review it on the Big App Show. All right. That'll be a little extra zing for him. And then also ex- associate executive producer is Juiced. <laughs> Not even close. Yoost. Yoast. Yoast. Schipperhein. Ah, Schipperhein. 
Yes. Say to, no, no. Say it properly. Joost Schipperhein. Joost Schipperhein. <laughs> Your phone is ringing. <laughs> two twenty-two, two hundred twenty-two dollars. Thank you, Joost. <laughs> even just to mock my pronunciation of the odd Dutch name. There is no other reason to donate to this show than to do exactly that. Well, at least from the uh, lowlands. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that's it? Those yeah. are our two? Ah, okay. Dvorak.org slash N-A. That's how you donate. That's how you become uh, a ex- an executive producer or associate executive producer. Of course, we'll be talking and thanking some more people later on halfway through the show. Um, and uh, I guess uh, you can. Uh, the 276 Club membership is now open. 275 closed. No one in it and uh, no possibility for joining ever again. Right. Which is uh, which is a shame. So that'll be a a, a little blemish on our uh, on our record. We're, we're not starting over from zero. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, we do want to thank Sir Daniels for uh, being the executive producer of episode two hundred and seventy five, and Ashley Hogg and Joost Schipperhain for being associate executive producers. Everyone else out there, you know what you have to do. You got to go out and propagate our formula. It is extremely simple. Here it is. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. World Shut up, slave. I do just want to briefly mention NapforHumanity.com is uh, being uh, built and uh, by Thijs Brouwers in Gitmo Nation Lowlands. He could probably use a little bit of help on some of the editorial, some of the uh, grammar and spelling, so anyone should get in touch with him. I think he's probably in the chat room as well. Uh, but he's a great artist, and he's doing some crazy stuff for uh, NapforHumanity.com. NoAgendaStickers.com, still alive and well. Check that out. Some great stickers to be found there, to be stuck on anything you can find. And uh, what is this? Uh, I bought a new domain today, NoAgendaResearchInstitute.com. This is from Gus. Right now it's forwarding to NoAgendaShow.com. I plan to make it into a full-on think tank and maybe score some government grants I can share with you guys. Right. Thanks for cleaning. Now, he says, thanks for cleaning up the show. I sent a check in the mail so those douchebags at PayPal don't get a cut for my donation. But we'll talk about that later, correct? Yes, and I want to mention one thing for people out there. If you have a, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have a, uh, a, an orphan domain name that happens to have a, what, you know, just sitting there doing nothing, forward it to our, to noagendashow.com. There's no reason for the things. That, I mean, a lot of people put Parker sites up, which actually don't work much anymore, so you don't really, can't make, really make any money. But if you have an orphan domain, and I have a few myself, just keep it online, uh, you, you know, and put it, forward it to uh, noagendashow.com. And I think you should just do that with all your orphan dorm, domains. They may show up in a search engine one of these days. Somebody clicks on it, boom, they get to the show and they wonder why. You know what I like so much is we have such enormous Google juice. You know, Glenn Beck uh, came out and said, uh, the truth has no agenda, which, of course, was uh, uh, linked to and tweeted, and everyone's talking about it. But if you go to Google and you type in just no agenda, the first page, we own it. We own it completely outright, which is great. Now, before you get into the uh, inevitable about uh, Egypt, uh, let me just say that I am uh, very pleased and happy and delighted to see the slaves of Egypt revolting. I, I love it. I think it's a, it's it is a completely organic, real uh, revolution revolt that's going on. Spurred on or not is irrelevant. Uh, revolutions take place. You know, at, you don't need a, a social network for a revolution to happen. 
Um, so I, I do love it. I think it's it's great, and I wish uh, slaves around the world would follow the example, uh, which of course won't happen. And unfortunately, they're all going to get duped and scammed into something else. But I do really appreciate what's happening, and I think it's a beautiful thing to see. <laughs> it is. I, I I really mean it. I'm 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 my breath is I, taken I think, away. I think it was but I think it was co-opted two or three days ago. Yeah. And the whole thing now is just yeah. going right Un- on unfortunately on, onto the script and that's the end of it. The minute Anderson Cooper shows up, you know it's over. The it's like, okay. And in fact, I'm I still have a suspicion that CNN started this whole thing just to get Pierce Morgan some ratings. I'm not convinced otherwise. Well, it hasn't helped. No. <laughs> uh but I have to say, I've been watching a lot of CNN. They've had cameras on the uh, on the square, which you know, which is, is kinda... by the way, it's Liberation Square. It's 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 Tahiri. It's a little too, yeah. You it's know, it's Tahiri too, Square, it's... which it loosely translated could be seen as Liberation Square. But from the get go, Liberation Square, Liberation Square. Yes, everybody, live from Liberation Square. Well, I think this whole thing is aimed at Obama. <laughs> okay, and uh, they've decided that uh, look, we've 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 gone we've go, we've gone far enough with this cap and trade nonsense and the and the alternative energy nonsense and all the rest of it. We have to get back to drilling oil out of our own country. So let's turn up the the heat a little bit and create all kinds of situations which, which may restrict oil flow around the world. And we have to get back to drilling in the Gulf Coast mainly. I mean, they've, uh, they've, they've allowed people that were already there to continue pumping, but there's no new dr- oil rigs from the way it sounds. They're moving them offshore. Yeah, everything's been closed down. And so, that, so we've had it. And so the giveaway to me is that let's bring out the heavy guns. And, and, and the kicker is, and I'm going to want to play a couple clips. One of them is oil part one. And you have to ask the question. And then I'm going to ask you this. You're in broadcasting. You've been working around. You're not an idiot. Oh, hold on a second, John. Hold on. Let me just. Uh... A little tighter. Can you... yeah. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. <laughs> will he know or will he won't? I don't know, but here we go. Ask Adam. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go Brother. ahead. Ask. <laughs> so uh, I did a short version of that. Don't play it. So anyway, um, so now you you've been in broadcasting. You kind of now if you're if all hell's breaking loose in some area, right? Yeah. So, don't you want to be on the air? Yeah. Don't you be like the guy reporting it. Even though you had to, you're either going to be flown out there and you're going to be reporting, yeah. or you're going to be in the studio. They had they had uh, Rachel Maddow was on like all night. On yeah. MSNBC. Yeah, she's, okay. she's a real broadcaster. She's like, hello, it's Rachel Maddow here, MSNBC. She was all over the place. She was on the, she was, she was at the anchor desk yes. covering the story. So the question is, what, when do you take with the most, one of the most popular people on broadcasting and you move them out? Where is Glenn Beck? Right. Why is Glenn Beck off? During this, this episode. And why do they put in on the Glenn Beck show a stooge? Who does nothing more but bring in his pals to talk about the situation in Egypt, all about the oil. Play oil part one, and we'll get a little taste of this. And, and ask yourself again, where's Glenn Beck? Why oil was he taking off? And prices off the at the pump, the grocery store, the mall, and your home will skyrocket. With me now, John Hoffmeister. He's the former head of Shell Oil. And Steve Moore is a senior economic writer at the Wall Street Journal. Hoffmeister, I'm going to start with you, my friend. 
You've been it. You've, you've been the CEO of Shell. You know how important that Middle Eastern, those two choke points, the Suez Canal and the Strait of Hormuz. You tell us, tell our viewer how important the, that area is. And by the way, how important keeping flow of oil through there is. We've known for decades how vulnerable we are, Eric, to these choke points. And there have been all kinds of scenarios and games played out in terms of what might happen. We use as a world 85 million barrels a day. The United States uses 20 million barrels a day, every day, 10,000 gallons a second. And we're shutting down drilling in our own Gulf of Mexico. This is absurd. It is absurd that a nation that has so right. much hey, John, demand... John, what if we were to choke off one of those two... Uh, the, the Persian Gulf, the Strait of Hormuz. If that, if, if, by the way, on the other side of Saudi Arabia, on that choke point, lies Iran. If Iran were to get a crazy idea and close that port, or close that shipping lane, what would happen to the price of oil and gas? It would only take a matter of hours before we would see significant movement, days before we could see the price of oil go up 50% or even double. Because the amount of oil coming so you're saying, out would you're have saying an $200 impact. a barrel. You're saying $200 a barrel. It could easily get to $200. It's interesting. I've heard this $200 a barrel uh, number mentioned everywhere. That is the new, the new meme is the $200 uh, a barrel of oil. Now, you know, this Shell guy, if you listen to him, especially the first part, he sounds like he's reading this. I mean, this is this little interview is so scripted; it's almost embarrassing. I mean, the guy is not performing well. He's also waving his arms around, uh, <laughs> like a street it, hooker, <laughs> like a street hooker. But the, yeah, no, that me. Here's what people are going to start looking out for. You're going to hear a couple of. You're going to hear the two hundred dollar meme. You're also going to hear the eighty five million barrels a day. Yeah, although the, I have to say, they, I, I don't have the clip, but they 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 kept running a, the similar meme on CNN. Only they kept using the number eighty six. But anyways, eighty. You keep. You're going to keep hearing. Well, eighty six is divisible by three, so that's a better number. Eighty six is divisible by three. I don't know. Just, what I'm universe? Just, I'm just talking crap. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So eighty five uh, is the number you're going to you're going to hear that, and you're also going to hear occasionally the twenty million barrels a day that we use right. is going to be. But these are the numbers you, you never you don't hear these numbers normally. We haven't heard these numbers thrown bandied about. But I heard these numbers on three different shows, uh, all within the same few hours, and so right. this is obviously out there to make people aware of the fact that how much oil is being used. And anyway, you can finish this little clip and you can hear this, these, these guys ranting about how everything is going up in price. The barrel, if after several days there's no sign of a let-up in, in the, the, the crunch point. Um, okay, Steve, if I have Steve Moore, I hope I have him. There we go, Steve. Okay, since the, this, you saw the pictures in Egypt, you see the protesters in the street. Since we started seeing those last Thursday or Friday when it, right. when it escalated, the price of gasoline, not at the pump, not the, the AAA number that everyone reads, the price of gasoline on a wholesale level has jumped 13 cents a gallon. What does that mean to American consumers? Well, Eric, first of all, that's nothing. I mean, 13 cents is a lot. But if, uh, if these projections are right that John is talking about, we're looking at, you know, the price of gasoline. I just filled up yesterday. I think I paid something around 3.59 a gallon, which is a lot. But we could see you know, the price of gasoline if we moved to 150 or $200 a barrel oil. We could be looking at $5 a gallon and, and Steve, to fill up. You so that- okay, let me, let me just ask you a question, John. So what you're saying is that uh, the riots have been co-opted by uh, anti-Obamanists to 
for once and for all, abolish the whole idea, just basically to get us back on uh, back on track and uh, and getting you and get, really getting us uh, off of foreign oil, which would actually mean we'd have to screw Canada. Um, and, no, we we still keep, keep we will actually keep getting our oil from Canada. This right, but, but, the, but so th- th- this was not started to do that. It's been it's been co opted. Uh, well, this. I'm sorry. Welp. Well, I'm not totally convinced of that. Because I, 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 I do believe. Yeah, I know you believe it, but I, the way I see it, I and, and I have to say that everyone was called a little bit off guard with the Egypt thing. But I think I still believe the Tunisian thing was was instigated. Yes, I, I'm with and you on that. That triggered the Egyptian thing, and this triggered other things around the Middle East. Now it may not. It's. I mean, I would agree with. <coughs> I think some of your. Uh, some people that have discussed this with us uh, that, you know, you can't really think that far out ahead and it's bull crap that, you know, oh, that, yeah, right, because it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I, I, we know for a fact, we can say for a fact that it's been co-opted. Whether it's been planned from the get-go is another issue, which is what you're debating me about. Now, there's a, there's a funny thing, by the way, in, the, if, in that little short series done on AMC called Rubicon. It was just about this topic, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was about a choke point that was being killed off. Well, anyway, let's get back. To, I want to just get back to the uh, what I think the theme is here, which is get the, the, our domestic drilling back up. And if you play, play the second clip, which is where is our oil domestic drilling, you'll hear the shell guy again reading. It sounds like he's reading from a script. He's memorized it. He's a very poor actor. Uh, well, he's a CEO. That's what these guys do. They're, they're, they're supposed to just read annual reports to share yeah and he's a ex-ceo but he right. could i think he should take it be honest about it and i'm gonna i don't want just a little aside here look if you're a ceo and you're gonna be playing these sorts of games with the public take some acting classes i mean does it hurt you could take drama in college well uh, you, john he is the former ceo and well, I'm, I'm just saying, he was probably still, a politician. He, he, there's, yeah. there's time still. There's yeah. still time. You, there are courses, especially, you know, in New York, you can go take, you know, get the actor's workshop, whatever. But anyway, <laughs> go on. With, with up. We saw price increases for everything from copper to wheat to, to Wheaties, uh, on the, on the, Wheaties. Uh, on the grocery store shelf. So this is a potentially inflationary effect. And I think John makes a very important point. Why is it that we are not developing our own oil and natural gas resources? I mean, this is another one of those times to wonder how it's in our economic or national security sense not to be developing our own oil. So, John, let me throw this at you. Uh, July 14th of 2008, the highest price oil ever traded, $147.25. Two days later, President Bush removed the moratorium on offshore drilling. That was the top. Within six months, oil went to $33 a barrel. Not that we were grabbing that much oil out of the ground immediately, but the thought of being able to drill more, what would that do to the price of oil? Would it matter if people were fist pumping in the street in Cairo? Oil is a psychological price as well as a material price. And it's the expectation of the future which drives the price. If the U.S. said we're going back to 10 million barrels a day of production where we were in the 1970s, all the oil markets would be calmed down immediately, overnight. Now, we wouldn't get 10 million barrels for a number of years, but it's just the psychology of knowing that the U.S. will start taking better care of its own demand 
So it doesn't put so much pressure on global demand. Hey, Steve, there's a lot of countries out there don't have oil, and they need for the U.S. to be producing its own oil. Steve, there's a there's a great case study in this. Every business school teacher, I've said this before. Every business school professor in uh, in, in America should say the case for drilling is this. Since the protesting in the streets, since you saw the Molotov cocktails, the bombs, right. the, the, the rocks being thrown, the price of oil has shot up, skyrocketed, gasoline skyrocketing. But natural gas is going down. Now there's a reason yeah. for that, Steve. Why is that? Well, first of all, because the Russian pipeline has just been opened up. Well, this should well, be a way. Actually, they're, they're going to go into it. This is a. a we well, can so, stop so it. what is your point? What is your point? Is that. Because uh, it doesn't seem like it behooves the oil cabal for, uh, for the price of oil to go down. They want it up. No, that's the traders who want it to go up. The actual oil companies, they, they, there's no, they have no interest in this sort of speculation. What they would like is control of local wells in the United States where they can just make it just, so they just become these little money machines. Right. Because it's better than buying it. Or, and, and they also, they're the ones who have to buy it at these prices that, you know, to sell it at the pumps. If they're, say you're one of the local Unical or one of the companies in the United States and you're buying oil, you have to buy it at those prices at these ridiculous $150 things and the public starts to, they, start to relinquish demand it starts to demand starts to fall off and then when the price comes down you get screwed oil companies can really take it in the shorts when these prices run up to two hundred dollars and then crash to 33 and especially when demand goes to nothing so you have no demand for cheap oil i mean it becomes a real loser you don't they don't like this it's the stock market speculators that like this up and down action the, the oil companies don't they like a, they just like the cash cow pumping 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 right and they love it when they're domestically when they can control it domestically okay. so they're okay okay I'm, I, I'm with you i'm with you now so so um let me counter that not countering your argument but if the um if we've got the people uh, against Obama saying, all right, enough of this stupid stuff, we got to tap our own oil, which, by the way, I think is a, a grand idea, um, then on the other side, we have to combat that. And, uh, of course, there's only one thing we can do to, uh, to combat uh, fossil fuels, and that is... So there's been plenty of, uh, I don't know if it's chemtrailing or if it was harp or whatever, but we have like the, the worst. What do people think when they listen to our show? We've got so many jingles now, it's ludicrous. It was one of the worst, it is one of the worst storms in history now. Blanketing. I love this storm. I Did love, you see I the love it too. Of Chicago, uh, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. It looks Lake great. Shore Avenue. The cars are all stopped dead. People had to walk home. It's great. It, it, you know what? When I was a kid, we had storms like this. I like when I was a kid. I'm not even that old. I, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm like, yeah, climate change. Of course, climate change is real. However, when you listen to this, and this is from, um, I think this is from uh, MSNBC or CNBC. I'm, I think it's MSNBC. They had this woman on, and she is from an outfit. Uh, I just got to find this. I think it's Concerned Scientists, <laughs> which is when you see something like that, I'm like, okay, this is perfect. This, this is really, this is one for me. And uh, it's the Union of Concerned Scientists. And this is Brenda Eckwurzel, who looks like a concerned scientist. And just listen to what she's saying about <laughs> these storms and the reason for it, John. Now, we all know the freezer theory. This, oh, yeah. is, this is the this is the Arctic freezer theory, but she takes it one step further. And remember, 
This is a scientist. Science! Well, another winter storm is bearing down on areas already dealing with last week's snow that left nearly two feet of snow in some parts. And along with the winter weather, this storm could be followed by more intense cold, giving no chance for last week's snow to melt and no break at all for the winter weary. So why are we getting so much snow? Joining me now from Washington, D.C. is climate scientist Brenda Eckwurzel with the Union of Concerned Scientists. Uh, by the way, whenever you have a scientist in Washington, D.C., red alert, Red alert, red alert. And yeah, with another really. good morning to you, the, the name of your group, the Union of Concerned Scientists, why the name and how much in terms of what's happening right now reflects the reason for your name? <laughs> oh, please. Why the name? Well, because... the name is old, for one thing. It's not a new organization. And two, what kind of a dumbass question is that? Well, let's listen to the dumbass answer. Uh, one thing we're concerned about is what's really going on with these winter storms. Uh, what's going on is that we are burning a lot of coal and oil, and that is leading to extra carbon in our atmosphere, trapping extra heat. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. And this is somehow changed from last year? I mean, what is she saying? It's, it's, but no, we're going into a spiral, John. Because it's so cold, we're burning even more. We're putting more carbon in the air. We're going to kill everybody. And that's turbocharging. Our- it's turbocharging, oh, baby. Woo, yeah. It's turbocharged. What, what network was this on? MSNBC. Oh, turbocharging boy. climate change. Weather patterns. What this means is that during summer and springtime, where it rains, it's falling much heavier than it did decades ago. <laughs> so, so now it's not just the temperature, it's the actual precip- precip- precipitation. But she makes it even crazier. And during the winter, we're recording even heavier snowstorms. Hmm. What this means is that climate change is creating a new normal, and officials need to... This is a good one, a new normal. I like it. Pay I like attention it. to new normal. Prepare new their normal. communities to create safer communities for this future condition. You know, um, Brenda, I'm going to have my director put up uh, the graphic that will show the snow totals and how disproportionate they are this winter. But, you know, when you make an argument of climate change and global warming and the like, you know, it's really hard to see how the warming is bringing all this snow. Now, now listen to this. This is really good. So, so this one, I, I, I mean, I had, I was like, wow. Because, of course, you have to go back. And remember, we had uh, Al Gore's movie, the scariest movie you'll ever see, global warming, global warming, the earth is heating up, global warming, global warming, global warming, oh, climate change, climate change, climate change. But why are we getting all this extra snow? This is the answer. I mean, can you can you put that together in a logical explanation? Yeah, please, Union of Concerned Scientists. We need a logical explanation so the slaves can understand the scam. Sure. Well, what we know is that we've had record ocean temperatures. They're warming up. This creates a lot of moisture sources. We also have, uh, with climate change, we have shifting jet stream. And we've sort of blown open the planet's freezer door. <laughs> wait, wait, it gets better. We've blown open the planet's freezer door. If only I had known the freezer was up in the north, I would have put me some cow in there. And the Arctic blasts are coming down, combining with this moist Gulf of Mexico moisture, and you create this terrible combination, uh, which dumps a lot of snow. And ironically... Now, ironically, 
This is where she goes off the rails. She keeps saying ironically. This past summer, we had record third lowest sea ice extent, which led to a cascading set of conditions and the shifting jet stream and this more, more moist uh, from the warmer oceans that lead to this terrible combination of very uh, treacherous snowstorms oh, this indeed, season. Oh, treacherous. I mean, they've been fatal, as you know, in many places. Brenda, I'm curious, can you make the leap between an extreme winter like this to expectations of an extreme summer in terms of heat? <laughs> uh, what, ironically, with climate change. Ironically? How many times does she say this? Well, it's the, you have to say, this is the new talking point. You have to say, ironically, because, of course, it's, it's hard for people to understand. Like, if it's warmer, why am I freezing my ass off? Well, ironically, but listen to how she explains it. We see that the warmers are, win are rising much faster than the summer. So our what? temperatures are increasing what? faster during the season than during the summer season. Uh, and so that creates a situation when you have uh, more moist conditions that's still below freezing, you can create very uh, heavy snowfall. Okay, so what she's saying is because it's actually warmer, um, we get the precipitation, i.e. rain, but because it's actually warmer, it turns into snow. It's still, below, it's still below freezing. If you have very extreme cold, cold, cold conditions, you tend to have a little bit less precipitation <laughs> in the form of snow. Okay. So ironically, we get oh, a little more snow ironically, as we're warming up ironically. the planet. Well, okay, there you have it, Brenda. Yeah, there you have it. Thank you so yeah. much for weighing right. in. Appreciate that. Oh, I get that. it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, so it's so it's warming up so much that we're end up getting snow that yes, we wouldn't have gotten because yes, it would have exactly. been too cold. Yeah, okay, yeah. right. Uh, so anyway, by the way, I'm I'm on the water. Yes, I mean I can so I can look. I can turn my head and I can see the uh, bay mm -hmm. and uh, San Francisco Bay, which is a body of water hooked to the Pacific Ocean, and the Pacific Ocean rises. This water body rises too, and there's like a little shoreline down here that I can see from here. Yeah, and you uh, must you, you're on the flood line, man. You're gonna die. It hasn't gone up an inch. A mi or a millimeter. I mean, actually, right now there's tides out and it's a bunch of mud. But, the, but anyway, the, the, this is bull crap. But this is what's being uh, passed off as science. And uh, so I've decided. And by the way, if these guys are so good at this, how come they all predicted it was going to be a drought? And in Australia is a perfect example of that. And the <laughs> British predicted because the same people predicted it was going to be a uh, no snow in England ever again. And there was going to everything we were going to ever see snow in this, you know, anywhere. Now all of a sudden it's causing snow. Well, where do they change their story every five minutes? And why do people buy into this? Because there's like a moving target what they're saying. I don't know. Well, the science is in. Science. Yeah. Well, so uh, my talking point is, uh, yes, climate change is real. Of course it is. Climate change is all the time. It's just we have no control over it. And it's certainly not because we're burning more fires. Yes, the <laughs> Molotov cocktails in Egypt uh, are responsible for more carbon in the air. So it's really actually... This is really counterproductive, and they're actually creating higher oil prices. This is how the reasoning goes from the concerned scientists. And by the way, uh, the Punxsutawney Phil, uh, did we have Groundhog Day? Did I miss it? Uh, that, somebody shot the poor thing. <laughs> no, he did not. Yeah, they had it, but they, apparently they changed PR agencies. Oh. And so it's not getting the publicity. It's not getting the play. Back. No, I have a report here. MSNBC, Punxsutawney Phil sees no shadow, predicts early spring. Yeah. Even this guy, even the even the groundhog is working for uh, <laughs> for the Union of Concerned Scientists. <laughs> the Union of Concerned Scientists, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I'm, and I've been wrong in the past.
uh, you start off as they were worried about uh, issues of uh, uh, a nuclear war, essentially. And, and maybe they may have been involved in the in the population control thing, too. By the way, I want to point out to everybody, you ever notice, of course, my theory, again, I would fall back on it. People say that we don't harp on this, which is that we may be entering a new ice age. Yes. Which was predicted in the 70s by people who, by the way, stick by these early predictions. There was a, if you look into the history of the Ice Age predictions, there was a whole group of people, these same climatologists, they're all predicting an Ice Age. And then a bunch of them split off because they were getting no traction and they predicted global warming. A good group of them have stuck with their old prediction. That we have an ice age coming up, and the ice age is more dangerous, and it's more likely to kill off a good portion of the glo- of the global population. And coincidentally, the people that are into global warming are also into that 500 million. That's so we shouldn't have so many people on the planet. They're the same people. So I mean, so the likelihood of them setting us up to have a new ice age to kill us, I think, is more more valid than any argument that they have. Yeah, I saw, I saw you... A little crack potty. No, no, but I, actually, I saw you posted that same video that I had watched on Dvorak.org slash blog of uh, the former housing secretary for Bush. Oh, yeah, her. Really good. I, I wanted to get... Some, yeah, people should watch that. It's an hour, and I wanted it, to get some clips. I tried to get it. some clips, too, but it's just... It's, you really have to watch it. In fact, I watched it twice just to understand exactly what she was saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah she's definitely in our camp. And we're pretty screwed, though. <laughs> well, she may be, you know, I mean, she's she basically expressed a worst case scenario for everything. Right. So um, we would be screwed if all that came to pass. But our show may save the day. Um, anyway, so back to the, the, the other thing that people should be aware of, at least for a while, uh, on that oil business. And by the way, again, where's Glenn Beck? Uh, I just want to play, just play a little bit of this. Uh, there was a thing I caught it on... Uh, CNBC World, mm-hmm. and it was Jim Rogers, who's a very famous stock trader. He, he, didn't uh, he move to like Singapore or something? I think he, he, he got out somewhere right? else. Yeah. I think I think he was think yeah. Singapore. Whatever the case is, very famous, and he has been long commodities, and he's been saying. Uh, and of course, the commodities thing is is built into this oil thing, which they talked about on that other clip. But Rogers has one other little observation. It's right at the beginning of this clip, so he wanted to play the whole thing where he makes an interesting point about farmers and uh, the fact that uh, we're running out of them. And I, I have something I've never considered before, but play the Jim Rogers clip for a second, see if we can get uh, to that point. Enter when I was in Davos, Jim, and Syngenta's a company that makes crop protection, chemicals, pesticides, uh, fertilizers. And his line on this was that farmers are responding, that in 12, 18 months' time, we're not likely to see any crisis in the supplies of um, soft commodities into the market. Isn't, um, isn't that an indication that perhaps we should be a little wary about chasing the uh, agricultural food price rises that we've seen? I hope he's right, but he's not right because the inventories of foodstuffs around the world are the lowest, uh, are lowest in many years or near the lowest in many years. Jeff, the average age of farmers in one major agriculture state in the U.S. is 58 years old. In 10 years, those guys are going to be 68 years old. We have shorted, in parts of Japan, they have no farmers. 
I mean, this is not just uh, farmers responding. Of course, first farmers are going to respond. But we're going to have more problems in the weather. We always have anyway. We have huge shortages of inventories. We have shortages of farmers. I would like to think that's the case, but it's just historically cannot be. Jeff, it takes seven years for a coffee tree to mature. Orange trees, palm trees, you don't just snap your fingers and suddenly have some more palm oil. All this takes time. What, what, Jim, isn't there a, a risk, though, that what we're seeing in these commodity prices, given that they all seem to be correlated, is a response not to demand, but to the QE, to the printing of money, to financial speculation? This is not demand. Yeah, that's what everyone's saying. Everyone's saying it's because of that. Demand-led yeah. inflation in commodity prices, is it? Well, Jeff, I'm, I'm sorry to disagree with you, but first of all, QE2 is part of it. Whenever governments have printed money throughout history, people put their money into real assets, whether it's rice or silver or natural gas. People protect themselves. People don't just sit there and say, oh, give me some more paper money that's being debased. That's part of the problem right now. But the more serious problem is you say it's not demand. <laughs> Go to go to India, go to China, see what people yeah, how people yeah. are changing their lives are hungry. and how they're using more. But it's also supply, Jeff. Commodities are based on supply and demand. You could have demand go down, but the supply goes down more, you're gonna have a bull market. This is simple stuff and it's happening right now. Well this of course plays right into the whole Monsanto conversation. This is this Oh is, yeah, this the is Monsanto conversation exactly what it is is part of this and they, of course they're terminator seeds which are the worst things in the world because you can't you know if once what happens when the company goes out of business it's almost like this is like people who buy software for some flaky software company and they got you locked up so you have to keep calling home to run the software and then the company goes out of business that calls home the company's not there anymore the software stops working this is essentially what monsanto's dreamed up with its seeds the same kind of scheme which is extremely dangerous and people should reject it and, and, and in fact well, I was going to say I was going to say that uh, in Iran, uh, of course, I'm sorry, Iran, Iraq, which we've taken over. Actually, I got a link in the show notes about this. Uh, farmers are are having to give up farming because who's in there? Monsanto, and it's the same thing. They've, it's all their seeds are in there. The farmers can't plant their own seeds. They've and now that now they have to import rice from America. Yeah, it's, it's complete takeover. And there was another oh, these guys. This is this is the true evil that we have to look out for. Shadow Puppet Theater. I don't know if we talked about this, but Michael Taylor, <clears throat> former Monsanto executive, is now running the FDA. Actually, mm. deputy commissioner for foods at the FDA. This is the guy who helped write the rules for bovine growth hormone, uh, which of course is now in our in our food system. Um, he was actually a lobbyist for Monsanto, and now he's in the FDA, who, of course, based upon the executive order that uh, the president uh, handed out on the 18th of January, can write their own regulations. Right. They can do whatever they want. They can just say whatever they want. You know, now we're allowed to have percolate poisoning in our water, but only a certain amount. I would suggest people out there uh, Google the following search term. Let me, uh, let me do it with you right now. I'm going to Google well, it. Well, I could do it now, too. Okay. Because well, I haven't done it for a while. Let's so Google. I'll... Let's Google. Farmers in India suicide. <laughs> yeah, you can do that for almost any, except for America. Well, Even eventually America. it'll happen here. But apparently in India, there's an ep uh, epidemic of farmers committing suicide. Yes. And a lot of it has to do with Monsanto and other seed companies. They're not the only ones that do this 
by the way. And uh, it's because they're not allowed to do their own. I mean, farming is a, a traditional uh, practice in some areas, and they do things a certain way. And they can't, you know, they, they, their rapeseed uh, usage, for example, they were forced to, uh, uh, you know, they used to do it by hand. It's a very known little anecdotal thing. The Indians used to make their own rapeseed, you know, kind of one-off for local use. And it was a fairly healthy product. But rapeseed is a very dangerous uh, oil, as a matter of fact. And, but it's, apparently if it's super fresh and you just make it, it's okay. But when you start buying the commercial stuff that they started selling them cheaper, because the problem with most people in the world is they'll buy cheap rather than buy quality. And it's a, it's a, it's a real problem. I mean, it's like the situation with, uh, with eggs. When you, when my wife finishes her book on eggs, which she's <laughs> wrapping up. Yeah. She I mean, actually does the books, right? She actually. She does. She finishes stuff sometimes. But anyway, this book's taking forever. But the point is, is that the stuff we're finding out about the egg business is like, wow. And again, it's really? because people want to buy a, uh, 18 eggs at Costco for 99 cents instead of paying three bucks. I mean, I mean, for a good egg. Yeah, uh, people will actually. This was a line from Food Inc., which I really loved, which I saw recently. Someone will sit there and complain about the price of eggs while they're drinking a three dollar can of Coca Cola. Yeah, or water, water, yeah. bottle, yeah. bottle vitamin water. water. Yeah, or one of those water. commercial, you know, P Diddy's water, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, P Diddy has vodka. He didn't have water. Well, some of these, some, well, a couple of these rappers have got uh, hip hoppers. Thank you, the hip hop. Uh, have uh, water, <laughs> and they sell it, and, and people will pay a fortune for this. Yeah, that's a great. Hey, you know, we should be doing that. A five cent egg. We need to get in on that water scan, man. What are you, <laughs> you talking do. about? I did. I, I did want to wrap up the Monsanto thing with uh, a little ditty from Down Under. Uh, it was a girl who uh, was dying from aspartame poisoning, which they call uh, uh, what do they call it in Australia, aspartame or something like that. Aspartame. I don't know. Aspartame. Mm. I, I pronounce it ten different ways. So yeah. anyway, it was, it was kind of an interesting report, which starts off with. For Abigail Cormack, it was a compulsive habit, but something she'll never do again. This, by the way, uh, almost happened to my daughter. You, you get hooked on the, the chewing gum with aspartame, and it's addictive, and you can't stop. The 25-year-old was addicted to chewing gum between four huh. and eight packets a day until it made her violently ill. Basically just started getting really bad muscle cramps, um, tingling in my arms, couldn't sleep. Um, I had a few other symptoms like headaches and a few other things. Doctors put it down to over-exercising, but along the way she thought she was having a heart attack and was even tested for multiple sclerosis. So she turned to the internet. I looked at the back of the, um, the chewing gum packet and saw what was in it and googled the ingredients and sure enough aspartame came up. So um, aspartame. went and had a look at that and up came all my symptoms, every single one of them. So she stopped chewing and her symptoms quickly cleared up. Aspartame's a chemical ingredient of artificial sweeteners used in thousands of products. Her own doctor told 3 News she thinks aspartame may well have been to blame, but that more research is needed. A ah. clinical. Yeah, no, no, it gets better because they get an expert, and the expert, of course, says, no, oh, no, this is a expert on the payroll. Yeah. Pharmacologist, though, is skeptical, putting Cormac's symptoms down to an allergic reaction. For the vast majority of people who chew one piece of gum or a packet of gum in a day or what have you, uh, it's highly unlikely to cause any problem for them. And our food regulatory body is standing by its use. 
We watch constantly what's going on internationally and Aspartame has been recently reviewed in Europe for safety and has come up with a clean bill of health. <laughs> it's also been permitted in, in most other countries as a non-neutral sweetener. So, uh, yes. we hey, all the other countries are doing it. It's great. Oh, no, right what are you worrying about? Confident that the way it's used in the food supply is safe. The makers of the gum that Cormac used to compulsively chew says it's confident that there's no health risk. Wrigley's point out that aspartame is the most tested food additive in history. This is the funny thing. The most tested foods thing in history. Additive. Yeah, but it, it, it got Does rejected. Does sense? It kept getting rejected over and over and over again until Donald Rumsfeld, who worked at... Uh, 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 it was used to be a Monsanto. Uh, it was bought by Monsanto, wasn't it? Or, or it used to be a part of Monsanto. No, I don't. I don't know about. I think Dow or somebody else. I don't think it was Monsanto. No, no, no. There is a. It, it became. It became a Monsanto product, or it was a Monsanto product. Uh, doesn't matter. It, it kept getting rejected until Rumsfeld came into the first Bush cabinet, and then all of a sudden it got approved. This is crazy. By the way, Donald Rumsfeld is going to be honored. At the Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC, for as what? Defender of the Constitution Award. <laughs> what? Taking us in foreign entanglements? Phony baloney wars? Defender you, you, you of... should be throwing pies at the guy. You know what? Shoe. Throw your shoe. This, I, did you Throw see, shoes at him. Shoes, yes. Well, I, these conservatives shoes. behind the, the, this should be ashamed of themselves. Ashamed of themselves. Yes. And, and by the way, I love the shoe meme cropping up in Egypt again. People holding up their shoe. It, it, the, yeah. only th- it would be, the only thing better would be if it had a foot in it. <laughs> <laughs> but th- I, I, I think the shoe thing, it kind of went away after that one guy threw a shoe at Bush. I, it needs to come back. We need to start throwing shoes. In America. Okay? In America. This, this will show your true brotherhood with... Um, Shoe with throwers your, with everywhere. Your, with your slaves around the world. Throw your shoe at your politicians. I'm inciting violence here, by the way. No, I'm, well, I don't I'm think on the shoe list. throwing is violent. If you're, it's like Bush, he could duck and bob and weave. He yeah. never got hit by a shoe. No, I'm just saying. Shoe, shoes are good. Throwing shoes. And we could have the shoe revolution. The Nike revolution. That could be coming. Anyway, I just thought that was pretty unbelievable. Yeah, well, I think we need a new uh, we need a new jingle. Oh, and I I, I I heard the wording. It has to be kind. Of, you know, the thing about the jingle, like for example, play the No Agenda uh, Dvorak.org slash na jingle. Dvorak.org slash na. Yeah, it grows on it, you, and you'll be singing it. it. You'll be singing. You, you, it. You'll be that way. People can remember where the website is, so they can donate. And, I, and it does become catchy. But this one, I think, should be experts on the payroll. <laughs> That's not catchy. It will be catchy if if Jeff does it. Yeah. Well, by we the way, make experts on the payroll very catchy. I guarantee it. Jeff has done a couple of jingles for us, which I I love him for doing that. So he did this uh, awesome new effect for when we have something important to say. Um, but this one I like a lot as well. If you see something, say something. <laughs> Which I think um, Department of Homeland Security could actually use. They're probably, they're probably <laughs> they jealous. Could. It they're would be jealous. perfect for them. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lucy Napolitano. If you see something, say something. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're right. It's, it's, it's actually the wrong side on this one. <laughs> Jeff, you went too far. You went so, too far, my friend. That's funny. Yeah. Should That's we thank good. a couple people while we're here at the halfway mark? Yeah, I think we should. Uh, 
First of all, I want to thank some people who sent in some checks. Ah, good. I'm glad you remembered. Uh, we get, I'll do this about once a month. So if you send a check in, don't expect to get called out right away because they don't go to the box that much. Donald Silva in Iwa Beach, Hawaii, $60. And he hates PayPal, so he's sending a check. By the way, if you go to Dvorak.org slash NA, there is the address on there. You can send if you feel like sending checks rather than going through PayPal. No agenda is a good show. There's a nice balance between you and Adam. It's almost like the odd couple. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> There's always something interesting, and we, the listener, are learning to keep our minds sharp and open. Exactly. Uh, Chris Ruddy, our old friend, $100.23. Thank you, Chris. Eric Lyons, $55.10. He has a note, which is attached to my stapled thing here, and it says, I wanted to send a letter along with my check thanking you, Adam and Eric, for everything you do for the listeners. I wish I could donate more, but I'm a recent college graduate and not making a lot of money. Luckily, I have a job and think that the reason why is because I gained some karma from donating to the show. Oh, well, that's uh, good. I had a $5 a month subscription, but PayPal's a douche and kept missing, <laughs> messing with it. A douche. I'd like to ask for some karma for my family since my dad recently passed away and also for some myself. So applying to law school. And so he needs two karma hits. Okay, well, hit, well can we do one in, in one go and make it a, a, a super karma? Go. Okay. You've got karma. Sweet. And he does something at CaptivationMedia.com you might want to check out. Okay. Um... By the way, there's a letter here. Oh, wait, let me get the rest of these. Then I give and radio. Oh, but radio, radio Ray in Chicago also donated a hundred. And I also want to apologize to John Jones, who's been complaining to me about my mocking the fact that his name is John Jones. I think I did my classic. If that is indeed your real name. Uh, and he apparently has uh, been looking for work, and he needs a karma hit. He, he, this is a make good, so give him a karma. Okay, here we go. Coming at you right there, buddy. You've got karma. Sweet. Uh, little did I know, I'm going to read this letter from Ernie, Human Research resource Ernie. A few months ago, I emptied out my PayPal account hoping for some job-related karmas. I hated the job I was in at the time, and I was looking for a new one. Not very long afterwards, I was laid off of that job, which was quite scary, but one way to find a new job, I guess. Little did I know, karma was working its mysterious ways. Only a few days later, I found a new job as a contractor, which has since turned to a full-time job uh, in the new year, and I actually like this job. Now, regarding this, this karma thing, because people are always wondering about it. It's something that the human resources create themselves. And I, I, the more it happens, the more people donate to the show, support the show, and request karma, the more I believe in it. it, it well, it's an it, interesting it, phenomenon. And we, we, we don't guarantee results. No, we, no, but, we don't. But, but it, it, it's really interesting the way it happens. Uh, just let me do a quick one from Skyler. He says, uh, I, I want to ask some, for some karma for myself, but I'd really like it if you gave yourself and John some karma as well. And so I'd like us to uh, just uh, stand back for a second, John, and accept some karma. I think we deserve a little bit. You've got karma. His girlfriend of two years just broke up with him, so he needed a little extra karma there. All right, well, let's thank a few other people. Bill Clanton in San Antonio, and thank you for the karma. Bill Clanton in San Antonio, Texas. John and Adam have been listening for 16 shows now and decided to put in a dollar per the number of the show for me, 
So the first one was one, the second one was two, and so on, until number 16, $16 for the last one. It's like the guy doing the push-ups for Oregon University or University of Oregon. Now I will start over at $1 for this show. I'm a criminal defense attorney in San Antonio and was inspired to donate after your mention of the cars with alcohol monitors built in. I wrote a book about DWI called Texas DWI Facts. It's a free download at Texas dwifacts.com you should check that out texas dwifacts.com everyone who drinks or drives needs to read it <laughs> and and for those who drink and drive at the same time you might want to read it too yeah but not while driving it's a self-published first edition i welcome feedback of course please give me the obligatory carmen dedouching yeah we're going to do a double shot here <laughs> you've been dedouched you've got karma so uh, Bill says that silence is golden and handcuffs are silver. Uh, <laughs> Keith, Ed- I'm not sure quite what that means, but whatever. Keith Edwards, Gilbert, Arizona, $111.11, along with uh, 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 <laughs> Mr. Snakes. Pay snakes. Pay snakes from Amsterdam. Get more yeah, nation weed, weed pass. Yeah, $111.11. He's working his way to a one 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 one. uh I believe, knighthood. Uh, knighthood. Yeah, cool. Salvatore Barrera in Montreal, Quebec. Uh, IMO, uh, IMO, in the morning, o- over. John and Adam, I'm uh, sending you uh, $80.16 USD, the original cost of the two no agenda challenge coins I ordered back in August. I finally received them thanks to you and Eric. I also purchased the domain name echomachination.com. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be okay. So he came up with a an alternative to General Electric's Ecomagination dot com. Yeah, this is Ecomagination dot com, like which is, and he's redirected it to the No Agenda Show. And I encourage everyone to d- redirect any site you have that you're not using to our show. Uh, lastly, can you give Sarah a little more karma? She wrote to you back a while back about an arts grant that the Harper government was trying to tax her on. She's fighting it. You're not supposed to be taxed on grants. But uh, she's not getting out of the woods yet. Tell everyone not to follow me on Twitter. It's not worth it. At Salvation. Of course. You've got karma. Of course, she's using the, the mechanism to tell someone not to do something. Do not follow at Salvation. Yes. James uh, Briscoe, Bayshore, New York. Hi again from your Long Island listener. After giving speech at my job in December, congratulating on her all of my fellow devs, uh, then embarking on a month-long trip to India to learn more about the love of my life. Oh, I eat, came love, back, pray. I, lo- I came back in January to find that I cannot work at my job anymore, partially due to said speech. Oh, boy. Partially due to the direction of the company is going in. So now I've got some free time and uh, some free savings. I figure now would be a good time to donate to those who have given me much to listen to while I develop my new business. Kudos, guys. Still capturing the live streams every week, the donation, which is useful. Yes. The donation amounts based on my loves, ASCII initials, in case you were wondering, $71.78 from James Briscoe. Um, interesting story. Lai Chow, Daily City, California, local. In the morning, Adam and John, today is my birthday. As you will give her a birthday call in a second. As Adam mentioned on the show, my adding age and birth year equals 111. Adam, can you explain that again? Yes. Uh, so uh, you take the last two digits of your birth year. Mine would be 64. You add that to the age you will become this year. Now, of course, we can't do this too long because people are going to start stopping having birthdays. Uh, so I will be turning 47. If that equals 111, uh, extra karma if you donate to the show. There you go. 
Recently, I was shocked to learn that now if we need to buy cough syrup, I need to let the store sweep my ID or driver's license into the cash register. It happened to me at Target stores. I asked if it was a law. The cashier said yes. I was coughing so badly I didn't complain, but I went online and did to do some research that people are complaining about the practice. I don't know. Yeah, it's because uh, the kids are making crystal meth out of cough syrup. $55. It's not a law, cents. by the way. It's not a law. $55.55. Well, that's good. Nathaniel Hills, Plano, Texas, $55.25. He, uh, he sent a... Uh Nathaniel sent a little note here. Hi, Adam. Just shot John and Eric a quick donation. Considering the turmoil in Egypt, real or manufactured, doesn't matter because I'd like to announce that as of yesterday, I've officially called dibs on being Pharaoh. <laughs> I'd like to offer my uh, to donate my dibs to the next No Agenda donor who donates 66 or 66666, whatever you see fit, as long as it's twice as good as 33. On another note, I'd like to denounce the following people to you. Brian G. in Houston and Chris S. in Boulder. You are denounced. We need a jingle for a denouncement. We need a denouncement. Instead of douchebag, we go to denounce. Okay. Uh, David David Nicholson, uh, Shalford, uh, well, St. Giles, Buckinghamshire. 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 Uh, He thought that uh, your daily source code 857 and no agenda 271 was so awesome, Mm -hmm. he had to donate. Sorry for the delay, $55.10. Thomas uh, Gillier in Kent Bridge, Ontario, 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 currently employing our two-month winter migration to Gitmo Nation sunblock. I'd like to call out my lovely wife of 32 years, Martha, who's been a loyal listener and claims she'd get a kick out of being tagged a douchebag. All right. Douchebag. Take that. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Take that, Martha. <laughs> Take that, Martha. James of Free Hollow Books, Summerfield, uh, North Carolina. He's sold a couple more of his hollow books. By the way, these books are fantastic. On behalf of Kevin Woods from uh, Auburn, New Hampshire, for buying two No Agenda hollow books, deduce him, please. Here's his note, a monthly subscriber. No ad- oh, sorry. You've okay. been deduced. Premature deducing. It's okay, he's deduced. Uh, new, uh, he's a No Agenda militia member, a computer security researcher, as a, as a proud 1%. I challenge the 99%ers to stop being douchebags and contribute to the cause. $51.50. Skyler Visconti. In oh, there's Skyler. Yeah, we gave him some extra karma. Uh, it's a male. And then uh, Christopher Lawton and Gary Bruns- Brunsel from Dartmouth and Kenosha. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Uh, so uh, help us out for the next show. Try to join. You know, we got two, Club 276 coming up. Uh, Dvorak.org slash channel, Dvorak.com slash NA to uh, give us some some, uh, contributions and help. And as always, we appreciate the monthly uh, supporters of the show, $5 a month, $11.11 a month. Of course, the lucky $33, the $30, uh, all of that is highly appreciated. You're really keeping the show going. I spent uh, 18 hours. Yeah, I'm sorry. And by the way, I I think people should take a look at that dollar an hour, which is you pay a dollar. I mean, this show is well worth a dollar an hour. Uh, I mean, if you're driving, if you're in the car, I mean, this is the kind of thing that uh, it's about about right. Dollar an hour uh, subscription, which is a great way to uh, keep us going. Yeah. And, you know, we're doing something. Yeah, well, we're doing some work. Yeah, we're doing actual work. org slash N-A. It's your birthday, birthday. Oh, no agenda. So, turning 28 today, we say congratulations to Lai Chow, who uh, supported us, and we highly appreciate that. So, Lai, 
Happy birthday from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah! Well, very happy to see uh, not one but two synchronized videos of an actual UFO descending upon the Temple Mount in Israel. I'm sure you've seen that, John. No, I haven't. Oh, my goodness, it's beautiful. There's this clearly extraterrestrial craft, and there's two separate videos uh, that have been put together um, from two separate vantage points. Yeah, how did they get both the videos? And you see, I'm sorry? How did they get both the videos? Was it the same guy? No, no, two two separate people uploaded to YouTube, and then uh, people have put these two side by side. So, So let me get this straight. So above the Temple Mount, which mm-hmm. is a, not really a high area, it's pretty low. Right. Uh, but right there in the middle, this is basically yes. in the middle of Jerusalem. Yes. Uh, a light comes. A, a, it, uh, a flying saucer comes down, and two people, only two people, take a shot of it, and it, it, and everybody else looks up and goes, "Hey, yeah, that's interesting. It looks like a flying saucer." By the way, dude, how much do you want for that blanket? I mean, what what are you telling me? So uh, when you see this video, you will be astounded. And this light comes down. It zips down. It hovers for about 15 seconds and then shoots up right back up into the sky. Yeah. That would be like an optical illusion. (laughs) An optical. It's at night, by the way. An optical illusion of what? (laughs) You non-believer. You're a denier. You're denialist, you. Okay, I'll look at this the science, science is in. in. Did you, you have a link science. in the show notes? I can look, watch this video. Yes, I have a okay, link. I'll in blog the show it notes. if it's good. If it's yeah. entertaining, I'll, I'll blog it. It's not just entertaining. I, I have a feeling this could be the real deal. I, I'm, I'm really liking it. I, uh, oh, actually, I have something uh, for you, John. Here we go. Ask John Dvorak. John, um, if you were Chuck Schumer and you were a uh, senior member of, uh, of the Governmente. In the United uh, States of Gitmo oh, Nation. Chuck Schumer, one of the guys who supports the idea of uh, creating a, a super, uh, a kind of a secret police, that guy? Yeah, that guy. That guy. Who's been around. Who was, by the way, the mentor of Anthony Weiner. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, douchebag Weiner. John Stewart's ex-roommate. Just to connect all the dots for you. And if you uh, were talking about the three branches of government in the United States of Gitmo, yeah, uh, what executive, would the-, the judicial, and the uh, and the uh, uh, legislative. Gee, he sees it differently. You could risk the credit markets really losing some confidence uh, in the United States uh, Treasury, and that could create uh, a deeper recession than we had uh, over the last several years. Uh, God forbid, even a depression. So I would urge my Republican colleagues. Uh, no matter how strongly they feel. You know, we have three branches of government. We have a House, we have a Senate, we have a President, and all three of us are going to have to come together and give some. But it is playing with fire to risk the shutting... Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah what a bonehead. And, and I bet he believes it, too. Hey, we're the three bran- We're two of the three branches of government, you stupid slave. Shut up. That's very funny. <laughs> I mean, how can you make that mistake? Well, the same mistake he made when he says that we could have a depression. The hell do you think we're in? Yeah, really. <clears throat> douche. This is a depression. Douche. Total so, douche. So, uh, talking about depressions and this sort of thing, uh, I think, you know, you, you, I don't know how many billionaires we have listening to our show. I believe probably none, but because uh, they're too busy counting their money. But there is a uh, an interesting... Uh, it has been brought up on a lot of the right wing um, by the right wingers, especially people like Rush Limbaugh, who is actually close to being a billionaire himself. himself. Yeah, 
By the uh, way, his his producers listen. You know all the you know you know how many shows mainstream media shows listen to No Agenda for ideas. Yeah, they're looking a for like concepts. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Thanks for the money, boys. Yeah. Douches. You know, one Douches. of these days we may not be doing the show because the guys like you not ca- not coughing up. No a, service a for you. That's right. Then then so, where are you going to uh, get your material? So there's definitely, you know, Limbaugh harps on the, on a uh, uh, kind of a war of the classes, a class warfare, and how Obama's like, you know, part of it. He's trying to attack the rich, soak the rich, as the rich would put it. Mm-hmm. But I got the biggest kick out of this uh, story last night on uh, Law and Order SVU, <laughs> and I think that this kind of this play the billionaire clip that I have here, and this is kind of I think where this is headed. And I'm just going to warn everybody out there: you're going to have your head on a stick. If you don't uh, do something about public relations for your cause, whatever it might be. Sorry, uh, it appears she, she does not want to pursue this matter. But we have a billionaire pervert flying in underage girls for sex, so trust me, we will be pursuing the matter. Yeah, bonne chance. This is based on reality. Is that douchebag in Florida who was fl- who who got off? They <laughs> got off. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, pun intended. Yeah, the guy was flying in uh, from all over the world. He was flying in underage girls. This is nothing new. This is, yeah, this happens all the. Oh. Well, it's not become. It hasn't been on popular television for for ever. Yeah. So that I means just make all the billionaires out to be perverts and uh, see where that heads. See where that leads when people have to decide on who gets taxed. Right. By the way, they're going after talking about these little class warfare things. Fox is, which is taking the side of the oil companies, obviously. Or where's Glenn Beck? <laughs> um, Who cares? I don't care where Glenn Beck is. No, I'm just saying that you don't take a guy like that off the air unless you send us and you bring in a hitman to do a special message. That's what I'm just saying. I don't care about Glenn Beck either. Now, but let's take a look at this other thing they're doing. They're attacking. Finally, somebody's attacking General Electric, mm. who's been attacking them for years. At Fox, because General Electric pays a, 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 a apparently every most corporations in this country pay between thirty and thirty six percent corporate tax. Mm-hmm. General Electric's uh, tax is three percent, which means the company would essentially be out of business if they were paying the the full ticket. And they're starting. This is going to start cropping up in the news a lot because they're actually going after General Electric, especially after Obama brought that. Well, now that they no longer have a media arm, they can. General Electric doesn't have television to to fight back anymore. So now they're. I know that's why I think this is going to start. They couldn't. They wouldn't start because there's a gentleman's agreement. You know this amongst the networks. Yeah, you, do, you don't mess with the other network. Exactly. Yeah, you don't do. You don't do. For example, you don't go after the Walt Disney Corporation for uh, you know deaths at the amusement park. You don't go after General Electric for faulty jet engines. You don't do anything that that hurts the other one of the other. No, companies. no. You got to be in the brotherhood. You got to play along <laughs> with the game. They'll go after you. I mean, you can do that. Yeah. General Electric's getting out of this. Hmm. They're gonna get. They're gonna be a target now. You watch. Okay. That's a prediction? Would you please yeah. write that in the book? Prediction book. A yeah, little prediction. Speaking of tax, by the way, uh, nice little note there from uh, Gitmo Nation East. Uh, let me just see uh, which douchebag said this. But it looks like um, tax rates. Uh, who said this? Andrew Tyree. Who is this guy? Uh, I'm not sure who he is. Thank you, darling. One. Oh, uh, oh, it looks like uh, the governor of the Bank of England is saying this, Mervyn King, a couple other people coming out saying tax rates for the middle class 
that's uh, the moderately high earners uh, in Gitmo Nation East could go up to 83%. <laughs> what? Yeah, this, it's happened before, by the way. 83%? Yeah, income tax. This is so not, wait, so this is not like new. This is... Say I made $100,000 in England. Yeah. So I would pay $80,000 in taxes yes. and I have $20,000 to live on? Yeah. This, is, this has happened before, I think, in the... That's bullcrap. I can't believe that's not possible. Oh. John, when when I in 1972 when we moved to Gitmo Nation Lowlands, income tax was 75 percent. This is very possible. You should study your history, boy. This is this is this is happened here. Uh, this happened in 1979 in England. But this is this is how it works with uh, with the boom and the bust cycle in uh, at best moderately socialist countries. It's just you know now everyone's like used to having the iPod and the iPhone and uh, and you know your internet and all this we and you know we got a nice car and we got lots of costs and now it's like oh, what 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 I got to get rid of all that yeah this is how it works I remember I remember my parents I remember it so well this is when the dollar was eight guilders which would be the equivalent of four euros of course now that's completely reversed but I remember my parents going like wow this place is crazy. 75% income tax, but you get free health care. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's a good laugh. Put that at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, got, you got free health care. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but we do have um, bad news. Uh, heroin is running out in uh, England. No. Yeah, well, we got to crank it up. What's short, the next crop? We, the, we used to follow the crop cycle in Afghanistan. Well, there's a little problem going on. I think there's one coming up in uh, two months. Well, remember now that the heroin was getting really cheap. And, of course, you know, we're uh, part of the reason we're in uh, Poppystan, Afghanistan, is uh, to actually protect the poppies and help the heroin uh, be moved out because uh, uh, a large portion of the economy of the United States runs on the uh, illegal drugs so we we've got to make sure it keeps running but the brits are uh, they're jacking up the price well we've spoken to farmers in helmand which is the main poppy growing province in the south of afghanistan and they tell us that their poppy fields have been absolutely devastated by a mysterious white powder hmm. mysterious white powder you say which has also hit their wheat fields and they're fruit trees. Who cares? Also- yeah, this is that stuff that was some sort of a mildew or a fungus. I forget yeah. what it yeah. is. No one cares about the wheat. The poppies. Harming their chicken and their livestock. Fuck the chickens. And Sorry. To accuse- Sorry, that slipped out. I didn't mean to do that. I'll, I'll bleep that out. The, uh, the Afghan authorities and NATO of trying to poison uh, <laughs> their poppy fields. They're saying it. Hey, those guys are poisoning our poppy fields. Yeah, because we got to do something about the price, bitches. Don't you understand? Now, those claims, of course, aren't entirely without foundation. <laughs> because it has been the policy of the government and their foreign allies in the past to try to eradicate these poppy bull fields. Bullcrap. Bullcrap. Protecting the poppy fields. The profits of the opium trade support the Taliban insurgency, which is at its strongest in the south of the country, in Helmand and Kandahar, which are the main poppy-growing areas. And also, interestingly, about a decade ago, we know that the UN and British scientists were trying to develop a fungus which would destroy um, the opium poppies grown here 
in Afghanistan. I think but government officials, the UN, and Western officials we've spoken to here in. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Shut up. All right. So the the price of your heroin is about to go up, which would have been good news for the producer of Loose Change 911. Did you hear about that? No. Tell me. Yeah. What's his name? Roe. Uh, let me see. Uh, Corey Rowe uh, was arrested for uh, and charged with the sale of heroin. It's like, how else do you think movies get financed, douchebag? Yeah. <laughs> what else is new? Well, you just don't try not to get caught. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's unfortunate that that happened. Huh? Pretty funny though. WikiLeaks, the movie is coming, John. <laughs> what yep. kind of a movie would this be? Well, now that Julian Assange is nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, you know, it, doesn't, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah. I guess that's got to be the new connection. You get your Nobel Peace Prize if you do a movie like Al Gore did. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. That's the key to success. Biography about WikiLeaks editor-in-chief Julian Assange has been optioned as a movie. It's called The Most Dangerous Man in the World. So we can uh, look forward to that. He was on 60 Minutes being interviewed. Yeah. Right? It, was, it was a snooze. Yeah, it was. I, I, I didn't see it on TV. I watched, uh, I think I got through segment one online and part of segment two. And it's like, Well, what? you beat me. Ugh. Yeah, it's just like, what? Who cares? Really? It's just, uh, I can't believe, don't people see it already? Now, I see we both have a clip about salt. Yeah, I got my salt clip, which is just a general salt clip that's starting to show up again. It seems to have been taken out of the picture like a few months ago because they were ridiculing it. Mm-hmm. And now they're bringing it back in to the public uh, uh, my, uh, consciousness well, I think, for some reason. I think it's, well, it's because the uh, the FDA just released their guidelines. Right, and this so it became a news item. Right. You can right. play. I, mine is a basic news statement with a little commentary, including a stupid. I got a, like the woman who's doing this. Uh, I can't remember. Just, Jessica Geary, I think is her name. She's a local uh, news reader, and she makes some dumb comment at the end about how. Just you can play the whole clip, and you'll hear this thing at the end. It's like what? Well, hold the salt. That's what the federal hold government the is saying now. Part of its revamped edition of the federal dietary guidelines. And new this year, those with high blood pressure, diabetes, chronic kidney disease, African Americans of all ages, and everyone over age 51 should limit their salt intake to just 1,500 milligrams a day. That's going to require a lot of label reading and lots of practice getting those taste buds prepared. Your sense of taste develops with time, and by diminishing a little bit at a time... Doesn't this um, sound... Hold on, stop. Doesn't this woman... This is a woman who's the expert, uh, the expert on the payroll... Doesn't this woman sound like big nurse in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? <laughs> yes, yeah, she does. Yeah. It's, I'm sure it's not entirely coincidental. We'll get yeah. used to it pretty quickly. It's going to be a little tough, though, because the average American consumes 3,400 milligrams of sodium a day. With two-thirds of adults overweight or obese, these guidelines are aimed at helping them lose that excess weight and get healthy and lose some of that excess water weight. As well. Shut up. So Wait a minute. You missed the end of it. No, I heard she it. lose some of the excess, excess water, water weight. What has that got to do nothing, with anything? Nothing. Nothing. It, the whole thing is bogus. So totally. I love me some salt. I hey, put, what happened? Well, hold on a second. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Not an ask Adam. No, I'm not playing. Uh, 
mainly because I don't think we have time to listen to that clip. Oh, we, the, we we got tons of jingles. If you want, if you want an Ask Adam jingle, then just no, say no, it. no, no. I don't want one. Okay. So the point, that, that, didn't we? Wasn't there a research report that we read on the show that came out? It was kind of. It was just a short news item, and then they just dropped it completely, which the scientists conclusively proved that the salt thing is bogus. Crap. Yeah. Didn't we even read the thing? We had the sign. It was like a, a solid report that said it's all bull crap. Yeah, but this is all part of Codex Alimentarius, yeah, the harmonization with the food uh, rulers around the world. Right. Who now, have a, now let me just some- say, I love me some salt. I put salt on the, on the coffee before, uh, before the water goes on to the, the coffee grind. Uh, I have uh, shredded wheat in the morning, and I put a little bit of salt on that. I love me some salt, and I'm not going to die early. And by the way, I've stopped smoking now for almost two months, which is another reason I'm not going to die early, at least not from that. Now, the clip I have on salt is a, is a, a complete racial clip, which really blew me away just listening to it. So the news reporter, who is uh, African-American, she's not black, she's more brown, and uh, she gets this dude's woman from uh, some website. She's the expert in this clip. Some website, uh, which is like the healthy rotten tomato.com or something. And she also writes for Huffington Post. Ugh. And she's a total dootz. And, uh, well, listen to the clip and tell me if this is not the, the most wrong discussion you've ever heard and how she. Well, just listen to it. All African-Americans and anyone suffering from hypertension, diabetes, or chronic kidney disease are being urged to reduce daily salt intake to about half a teaspoon. Did you know that, that they're targeting African-Americans? Yeah. All African-Americans. Yeah, no, that's All what the other clip... All African-Americans. The other clip had the same thing. For everyone else, the government continues... Yeah, for all other non-black people. This is horrible. Is this what our government is saying now? There's an actual difference between black and white? ...to recommend about a teaspoon a day or about one-third less than the average person usually consumes. And joining me now is Daria Pino, health writer for the Huffington Post and the creator of the health-conscious website, summertomato.com. I think we should have a health-conscious website, John. Summertomato.com. Thanks so much, Daria, for joining me. Uh, So we kind of knew this was coming, and we've been hearing uh, about the possible dietary restrictions, but I've got to ask you, the people that they've zeroed in on, first, African-Americans, all African-Americans, why is this group uh, being focused in so much on? Um, I think it's a problem... um you know, to the, the health issues and uh, hypertension and blood pressure are uh, a problem in that uh, community, and um, they just want to address <laughs> more specific. <laughs> She's an idiot. In this, uh, I know you have to see her though. You'd bang her in a heartbeat. <laughs> TheHealthyTomato.com. I think it's a problem with the with the community. Yeah. So what they're saying is, poor people. Is that it? Can't. Why don't they just come out and say it? Black people are poor. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. It's really, it really bothered me how well, these... I thought it, it was based on some genetics information. Bull about crap. Bull crap. Was, that's what I thought it was based on, but you might be right. Yeah, it's because... Whatever the case is, poor is people, Poor people eat crap because that's the only thing that you, you can afford in this country is Taco Bell, which... Uh, what, what, <laughs> I love reading about the meat in the Taco Bell. Oh, they love the meat in the tight because the, the, because like it's the called it, the, it's filled up with silicon dioxide, and uh, Taco Bell has actually responded to this because, of course, if you Google silicon dioxide, it's sand. Yeah, 
and Taco Bell actually has on their website. We don't put sand in our food. Silicon dioxide is a very important part of your diet. Yeah. Ow, <laughs> it's it's naturally occurring. It's always naturally occurring. It's very it's a very important part of your diet. Silicon dioxide. They're putting sand in your food, people. <laughs> it's great. And the Centers for Disease Control, you'll love this. Uh, they've come out now with their full statement on raw milk, John. And you need to watch it, my friend. Reading directly from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, raw. Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about the until really for most of the for most of the existence of mankind, <laughs> uh, raw milk was drunk regularly by everybody. Are you talking about that raw milk? The yes. stuff that's been for millennia that people just have milk that comes straight out of the cow and you drink it? Developing a healthy lifestyle is a process with many decisions and steps. One step you might be thinking about is adding raw milk to your diet, stupid slave. Raw milk is milk that has not been pasteurized to kill harmful germs. Germs include bacteria, viruses, parasites. It's important to understand the risks of drinking raw milk especially because you may be hearing claims about the supposed benefits of raw supposed milk. Supposed benefits. <laughs> lies. Lies. I love you, darling. Where are you going? Hold on a second, John. You're out? Uh, meetings. All right. All right. All right. All right. I love you. Oh, hey, pick up some raw milk, will you? It'll be it's healthy raw, for you. You can't get good raw yeah. milk down there. Don't buy right. any. The risk of getting sick from drinking raw milk is greater for infants, young children, and the elderly. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> raw milk, it'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, we, we, should, we can totally do this. It's like the dangers of raw milks on next Geraldo. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, so that's your Ministry of Truth at work telling you uh, to well, shut up. Well, they've been after the raw milk guys for a while. Yeah. Because the, the fact of the matter is they have a cleaner operation, and it's all about cleanliness. And uh, the other guys, I mean, this is like the, the radiated food thing. I keep telling people, you know. It kills everything. Yeah, it kills everything. It makes the meat safer, but then it just gives the guys a license to serve dog shit in the meat because it's, it's you know, it's basically been sterilized. Sand. Or sand. <laughs> I think I'm going to try uh, cooking some uh, meat tonight and we'll just throw some sand in there. See if I can um, come up with the taste of the Taco Bell. It's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. Now, well, let, they let them get away. Yeah, I mean, they can do whatever they want. Now, let me move over to uh, my other favorite topic, which is vaccines. Uh, this actually uh, was pointed out to me. It's a game called. Um, what is this game called? Uh, it's a new game um, called Homefront. This is one of these crazy games all the kids are playing, John. Never and, heard of it. Uh, I think this is a trailer, I think, from it. And you got a timeline, and you fast forward to the timeline. Uh, February 2nd, 2023. Unfortunately, uh, the show is, uh, today's show is on, the 20, is on the 3rd of February. Otherwise, it would have been even better. Uh, but listen to what happens when you fast forward in the new game Homefront. This is a television set that you're seeing. This is a governmental emergency broadcast for February 2nd, 2023. This is not a drill. I repeat, this is not a drill. 
There is currently a national flu epidemic in progress in all 50 states of America. It may be called the Knoxville cough, two-day flu, the sickness, Asian cough, death flu, or other names. No matter what it is called, this is the same viral flu outbreak. Your government is working on developing a vaccine, but at this time your safest precaution is to stay indoors with your family. Avoid contact with strangers. Avoid congregating in large groups and avoid public meeting areas. Stay away from all grocery stores, churches, and public transportation. Hospitals in your area are currently overloaded with flu cases and cannot accept any more. If you are sick, stay at home, take bed rest, and drink fluids. Do not attempt to seek help. Dusk to dawn curfews are in effect for the following cities in your area. Albany, Elizabeth, Jersey City, Newark, New York, and White Plains. This message repeats in 30 minutes. <laughs> what is this? This is from a game? Yeah. It's it's mind controlling the little human resources. Get ready wow. for it. Yeah, That's it's pretty sick. amazing. Sickening, isn't it? Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, we're actually with the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, who've donated $1.6 billion to uh, the following cause, which is uh, the Gavi Alliance, G-A-V-I. I'll link in the show notes, noagendashow.com. They're uh, killing little black kids in Africa uh, by injecting them with unnecessary bogus vaccines. Welcome to the Langata Health Center in Nairobi. Very busy today because all these mums have brought their infants in to be immunized against pneumonia, which is the number one cause of child mortality. Children under five throughout the world. One now, pneumonia is not a virus. It's just There's not. There's a viral pneumonia. But but most vaccines are against are bacterial oriented anyway. Yeah. So yeah. But it, it 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 pneumonia, as far as I understand, is caused by pneumococcus. Exactly. So you're telling me that there's a vaccine against that? Yeah. Well, there's a vaccine. Vaccines tend to be against stuff like that. Well, how come you don't take it? Why? What? Are, why? I'm not worried about getting pneumonia. Yeah. You, why not? I'm over vaccinated. I, I I can get through pneumonia with the antibiotics after the fact. And, I, th- I I I don't I don't buy this. I to me this is like they're shooting well, these kids up there. What I don't buy is the stats. I don't believe that most kids. The, of course kids not. Die they, from pneumonia. They die from starvation. They die yeah. from all kinds of things. Yeah, war. They yeah, die. pneumonia seems to be low on the list. I don't know where's how do you how do you catch pneumonia in, in Africa? Not that cold. That's the other thing. That's true. <laughs> pneumonia tends to be it's in like, cold weather. Yeah. Seven million deaths a year. And Seven million? The new vaccine, the pneumococcal vaccine, will protect against the main cause of pneumonia and against meningitis. I think they're giving them pneumonia. Well, we, that's a possibility. I mean, you have to remember, and Gates, of course, has is, is, is said... Eugenicist. So the guy kills people. They're, uh, they're, these are the same people that are that that claim that the world needs 500 million. The population should be 500 million, no more, no less. And we've got what we're pushing? How many billion? Seven, six, we're pushing seven, six, seven billion. Seven. Yeah. Uh, so we have to kill uh, five over five billion people somehow. Yeah. Well, Africa I mean, seems like a good place it. to start. Yeah, work. Africa is a good place to start because yeah. you know we don't get this. We don't have to watch it. Well, they're also going to immunize them against the deadly uh, uh, diarrhea virus. Is there a virus that causes diarrhea? Well, there's a million things that cause diarrhea. Right, but there's a vaccine against it. There's a diarrhea vaccine, apparently. That doesn't make any sense. Well, listen to the report. Some blood poisoning. It's the same jab these children will get that children yeah. in the UK, Europe. No, the children in the UK and Europe will get the same vaccine. Oh, nice. In the United States. Or uh, and here. Will get. 
Now, yeah. it comes on the day that Save the Children... <laughs> By the way, any organization that's called Save the Children, you know, you know, <laughs> you know that's doublespeak. Save the Children. Has launched like all, a yeah. What? It's like all those bills they introduced in Congress, the Internet Improvement Act. Yeah, exactly. Campaign, no child born to die. And with <laughs> me to discuss that is Catherine Fitzgibbon from Save the Children. Catherine, tell me what your main message is. I think Save the Children is trying to highlight the fact that far too many children under five are dying every single day. And many of them are dying from a really basic disease such as pneumonia. So this simple intervention is going to make a huge difference, but only if the vaccines are purchased and get out to all the children that need them. I think about 19 countries, poorer countries, are going to get this pneumococcal vaccine, but there, there are more who could have it if the money was there. Absolutely. Um, we estimate there's a funding gap of about 500 million pounds at the moment for vaccines worldwide. Not just the pneumonia vaccine, but all the other vaccines that these children are regularly getting at the moment. Um, and if that hole is not filled, um, governments are making a tacit acceptance that children are born to die, and they will die from basic diseases without those vaccines. There's a big meeting in June you're, you're gearing up for, where world leaders will gather, and you're going to put that message over pretty strongly, I imagine. Yes, definitely. We need to buy the vaccines, but on top of that, we need to get the vaccines out there, and we need to invest in health services and health systems that mean that the vaccines get to every child that needs them. Okay, Catherine Fitzgibbon, thanks very much indeed. Well reckon that if this vaccine and another new vaccine against diarrhea there you go and a new vaccine against diarrhea meanwhile in finland now confirmed h1n1 uh swine flu vaccine causing narcolepsy in children confirmed it's confirmed confirmed by who uh the panel what panel well i'll uh i'll bring it up right now Uh, the national narcolepsy panel's interim report suggests that the Pandemrix vaccination increases the risk of narcolepsy nearly tenfold. It says children aged 4 to 19 were 9 to 10 times greater risk of contracting narcolepsy within 8 months of the inoculation compared with those who did not get the vaccination. Really? 52 Finnish children well, were given... Well, this is like suppressed news. 52 Finnish... I see this on the, on the 6 o'clock. Well, because Anderson Cooper got punched in the face. Anderson Cooper punched in the face. 52 Finnish children were given the vaccine last winter, subsequently came down with narcolepsy, which can be a debilitating lifelong condition. Yeah, this is all over the, the Gitmo Nation Scandinavia news. They're all talking about it. And, and you know, it's like it's big news in uh, Finland. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It's not unbelievable. It's totally believable. No, it's not, believable. but it's like, I, always, uh, like every show we do, it's always something like this. <laughs> and it's always like suppressed. Well, of course, it's, you know, when you have a beautiful man, like Anderson Cooper, Punch Anderson Cooper face. hitting the head, forbid. don't touch the face. When you have a beautiful man like Anderson Cooper getting punched in the face, the, the, the world must stop. That is, who cares about anything else? You know, they played that punch in the face. By oh. the way, the clip is lame. It's, yeah, because you don't see him getting punched in the face. If he was actually punched in the face, it would be cool. Yeah, well, you're not going to see nothing. You just see these guys. You see the ground and their feet yeah, running. Like, oh. And you hear someone pummeling. else. You oh, hear they're someone. pummeling me. They're pummeling yeah, me. Exactly. I don't know what to do. You hear someone else actually say, oh, man, Anderson, you just got punched in the face ten times. Please. Uh, disgusting. Uh, well, anyway. Something's up with this. I'm amazed you didn't know about that. Well, it's funny because you sent me a link, and that actually got me tracking vaccines again. Um, 
You sent me a link. Uh, it was a pretty good link. What was it, uh, John? I don't know. I sent you a couple of links this week. Yeah. I mean, you know, notice I didn't respond because uh, I'm like, oh, if I respond, then we'll never talk about it. Uh, no, yeah, which is the way to go. Yeah, although now I've... Oh, here it is. Swine flu vaccine is depopulation. That's the link you sent me. I was like, wow, John, crackpot. <laughs> and that's why I sent it to you, because it's right up your alley. But it was written by someone who was also in the Bush administration. It seems like a lot of people who were in the Bush administration who are now a little bit older are now coming out and saying all this you know, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Uh, but uh, this person actually says, you know, swine flu... Here, in short, an epidemic can be used to offset the inflation of capital with increasing deflation of the value of income of labor and continual demand destruction. It's a great deal of time and money spent on something that will not help a real economy. The disinformation and control opportunities are profound. Um, the whole idea is that even the idea... So we have to, we have to bring it back to 500 million people. That's what uh, the eugenicists believe. And I'm pretty sure Bill Gates believes that. And look, did the guy really make great software? You well, know? he told, he said that once in a speech. I think we had a clip of it. Bill was talking. Yeah. He was vague. Yeah. <laughs> he was talking about population control. Yeah. We have too many people. Well, he, he, uh, yeah. He had the equation where the human factor was zero. So we have to bring that back. The only way to lower deaths is by killing people. Some, some weird yeah, equation. Yeah, that's right. Had. It was something crazy, some convoluted like a ted, thought. Like a TED, yeah. It was a TED talk. Yeah. Another we need to kill everybody so we can live. Yeah, I mean, exactly, you know, like, exactly. We are some offbeat. I don't know how you get to that kind of thinking, right. but okay. So the so uh, here the just the idea that there is so if, even if the vaccine doesn't kill you, it may just put you to sleep. <laughs> That's so funny. It gives you narcolepsy. It just puts you to sleep. Is a dangerous uh, thing to have, especially People- if you're driving. Yeah, no, because yeah. you can just fall asleep yeah. instantly. I mean, I fall asleep when I'm it's, driving once in a while, but it's like two in the morning, maybe. And you wake but, up, right? Hopefully. Well, so far. Yeah. The uh, But people, yeah, you can right in the middle of the day, you can be doing something, and you just fall, just nod off, boom, yeah. instantly. It's yeah. not like you need to take a three o'clock nap. This is not no, that. No. Anyway, so the the point of this article is that even if the vaccine doesn't kill you, or the, the diarrhea vaccine, apparently there's a diarrhea vaccine on the way, which everyone's going to get. Oh, um, your, your kid has diarrhea? Well, have the vaccine. Your kid will never have diarrhea again. What a crock which, that is. The, the diarrhea is your body responding to something wrong. It's really important to have diarrhea. Try to get, yeah, it's trying to eliminate yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, but no, we'll have a vaccine against it. Just the idea that there is a, uh, a virus that can be deadly puts enough stress on people and on a grand scale eliminates human resources because you die earlier because just of the stress of it all. Yeah, stress. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. You think? So, what? well, when you're done with this depressing news, I got some real news we can move to. No, I think we should totally get into that. And now, back to real news. John C. Dvorak's Real News. So I've run into this interesting phenomenon. I, I think it, now it's a trend. So I, I've never seen the show before, uh, but I watched it, a little bit of it, and I was just by just jaw dropper because I watched it. Uh, it's called Live to Dance. <laughs> it's up against it's up against American Idol, but instead of you know singing, it's dancing because there's a lot of dancing shows on and this yeah. is where what's her name ended up the girl that was fired from american isle she's now a judge over here mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. can't remember her name yeah 
her chat room knows. Um, Who cares? All right, get she, on with your real news. ex-cheerleader from UCLA. Yeah. Anyway, so it's crying, and I think that John Boehner is part of this problem, but it, <laughs> it's all over the place. And first, it, play the LTD girl crying uh, clip, which is the beginning of a clip before this group does its dance. This is the last time you're going to be dancing together. Oh, wait, stop, 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 stop. Start it over again, but I want everyone to pick up on the fact that she's, re- she's this is a scripted cry, and she blows her line. This is the last time you're going to be dancing together. <laughs> I can't imagine my life without dance or, like, without these people. I'm going to miss you guys a lot. <laughs> we are one dance away from winning it just has to be the dance of our lives. <laughs> what did she so, blow? I couldn't hear what she, she blew. Says, I, I can't believe I'm going to not be able to dance. I mean, dance with you. Oh, I mean, oh, because she knew she was going to lose. Well, no, it's besides doing that. There, there was going to be their last dance anyway. But no, she she said, I, I can't believe my life will be, won't, I won't have dance in my life. And then she changed it to, oh, I mean, I won't have these people in my life. Oh. But it was obviously scripted. But and it was a fake cry. It sounded like a little, tw- like, what is it? Eight-year-olds do that. You know, they fake cry. <laughs> I want to go down the ride. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. So so this crying thing was like, so they went out and they danced. And then so I've got this, uh, this, uh, Judge number one clip, and this is the kind of show this is, just to give you an idea what the judge acts like. Uh, after Travis, that. how did Twitch do tonight? Ah, that was awesome! <laughs> I mean, that's quality. That is a way to start the finals of Live to Dance. <laughs> <laughs> I, what, this is not real news, this is junk. <laughs> why are you pouring this, is this? shows people can pour- go back to the early shows of no agenda and adam love this stuff so uh i got a call from cnn yesterday and they're like yeah i want inter- to I'm, I'm like ready i'm i'm like okay yeah we're, we want to interview and i'm already thinking if they want to come out to the house and talk to me and interview me about something i'm just saying no because i know how it goes you spend five hours oh yeah and there's like three seconds of you like with voiceover i'm not going to do that yeah. So the so the producer calls up, and uh, I think he's actually a fan from the old MTV days, and they're doing a piece uh, about MTV doing ner- and nerd culture programming. I'm like, huh? Well, yeah, exactly. I'm like, what? It's like, yeah. Um, so has MTV? Uh, you know, have they always been uh, interested in uh, technology and nerd culture? I said, have you ever Googled me, douchebag? Have you ever seen that I registered MTV.com and they were like getting AOL keywords? Are you kidding me? Uh, well, I read up about you. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then it just it went on and on. Like, so at MTV, did, uh, did, uh, were they open to new programming ideas? I said, no. No, never. So everything that was great at MTV happened by accident. The only thing they were smart about was st- not playing music videos or they would be off the air. So that was actually the smartest thing they ever did from a business perspective. It's just like, I can't believe that someone in Atlanta is getting paid to do this. What? What? Are you doing a show about nerd culture? Yeah, so what is the difference between a nerd and a geek? Oh. And I, and I was dumbfounded. I'm like, you know, maybe you should ask my 20-year-old daughter. So I re- the difference between a nerd and a geek? I don't know what the difference is between a nerd and a geek. And he's recording this. And we just record this. 
This is the idiocy. This is the idiocy. By the way, when you think about it, we have more people listening to this show on a monthly basis, cumulative, than people that watch Pierce Morgan. Oh yeah, I'm sure of that. You know, it's over, and it's it's all just. Cr- By the way, it's the, these industries are dying. They will die. The music industry finally croaked as Citibank took back EMI. That was also not reported, no, uh, underreported at best, not reported at all. So it, it, the EMI has been repoed by the bank, <laughs> literally took it back <laughs> because there is no business. It's over, and the, the, and mainstream the way it existed, the, you know, and mainstream is over. It's 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 just kind of running on its own gas. Well, it's like the Queen the Queen Mary. I mean, you know, the, the ships. It's a big ship. It's it's going to keep until it plows into the pier and then comes ashore. You know, it's still going to keep moving. And you know what's going to happen? Uh, there's going to be tons of advertisers, and everyone's going to try and get on the bandwagon. Oh, the number of advertisers on an hour on cable now is it makes oh. the cable un. You can't watch it. Yeah, I know. You don't have a DVR, you're you're screwed. And of course, everyone's got a DVR. We're not watching the commercials. Who cares? Right. Yeah, once in a while, there's a funny one. I have to admit. You know, I it's don't mind rare. watching. Yeah, it's this, very rare. Yeah, very rare. I did watch the final of Bridal Plasty. Oh, yeah. and you're giving me crap for watching <laughs> Live to Dance. <laughs> but there's something cool about women competing for, for uh, complete facelifts and nose jobs for their dream wedding. And by the way, the, the line, I, I should have actually gotten a clip. The line was, uh, so the, the, the girl who loses in the final, well, you know, you're still going to have your wedding, but it won't be perfect. <laughs> it's like, wow. Ah. Uh. It's really bad. That's terrible. Yeah, it really is. That show is as bad as that little, what is it called, Tots and Tierras? Oh, my God. Yeah, that... That, that is perverted, that, that, that show. That is very... That is really, really sick. <laughs> Tots and... I mean, you're watching... You, I actually can't watch. I've never watched the no, whole... No, no, it's... it's it, it As a father, it hurts. You're like, oh, my it, God, It's I painful I, to yeah. watch the show because, for one thing, the moms are just... Something's wrong with them. And yeah. the little girls are like, something's wrong with them, too, because they've been trained to think this is good. Yeah, and then the mom... And the parents always say the same thing. Well, as long as she's still enjoying it, she can do it. They always say the same thing. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And I think the, the soup... Uh, the soup is a good show. I watch the soup. Because the soup makes fun of all, and all, the, and the soup always shows these shows that I have no idea. I know. I, I I, where are these shows are. airing? I, I, huh? They're all on Bravo, I guess. I have no idea. And he sh- and uh, and they showed uh, a clip of uh, tots and tiaras, and the kid, <laughs> and so the mom again is going like, "Well, as long as she's having fun, she can continue to it." And then the kid, you see the kid literally fall over from exhaustion, just topples over. <laughs> 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 so I watched the, I watched I finally cuz I, I think that this is an example. I mean, we to people listening to us, we have the same we is as susceptible only we think we're we're not. We're as susceptible to some sort of really good scam, a good promotion yes. that gets us to watch something. Happens all the so, time. It happens all the time because you can't, well, I don't know, maybe maybe, yeah. maybe they're not trying to scam me into watching a piece of crap. <laughs> and then you go like, oh, brother, I can't believe oh, brother, I actually is a piece set of my alarm for this. So I watched I watched the first episode you know, of Skin. Yeah, which was a great sh- The British version was really good, actually. Well, this show is terrible. And let me just say, here's what the deal was. Oh, MTV executives may be thrown in jail for pedophilia. Yeah. They admitted it. 
there's a million news stories about how this is the worst thing ever. It's got to be the worst show. It's a, it's a disgusting exploitation of teenage girls. Yeah, see, I didn't fall for that one. because yeah, I, 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 <laughs> It is bull crap. It's like the worst show ever. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like, it's like college. It's like, okay, that's what college is like. So what? Yeah, really. So what? So uh, I do have one little real, kind of not, not real news, but a news thing that's developing that we should be following, mm-hmm. which is the uh, fact that an American, play the American diplomat arrested. This is the beginning of the story. I have two clips. I have American diplomat arrested. And this is a story that's kind of bubbling under the surface. And then there's a follow-up story where they're where they going to go after the Pakistanis for, for keeping this guy in jail. In Pakistan, a U.S. official attached to the American embassy remained in custody in the shooting deaths of two Pakistanis in Lahore. 15,000 people protested there on Sunday, waving flags and chanting demands that the man remain in custody. The U.S. Embassy said he acted in self-defense and has diplomatic immunity. The Pakistani government was unswayed and said it would leave the final decision to its courts. All right, so what is this about? Well, I'm not sure, but I'll tell you. First, I want to play the counter to it, which is the, the, the second clip. Pakistan. Supporters rallying outside a prison in the northern part of the country to support the confessed killer of a Pakistani governor, his bodyguard at the time. The suspect says he killed the governor because of his criticism of Pakistani laws, which mandate the death sentence for insulting Islam. Hmm. So we have the contrasting stories. We have a guy who's protected by diplomatic immunity who they've grabbed and uh, and they're keeping him against all law you know all the agreements and treaties and everything else so you normally can't do that normally you don't and uh and meanwhile they and all the crazy pakistanis are protesting that they would even think of letting this guy go they want to string him up right there meanwhile the same pakistani maniacs are protesting the fact that some guy they were wanting to arrest some guy who killed the boss because he insulted islam i mean this just this is to make out pakistan look like a bunch of crazies yeah, crazy Crazies, idiots yeah. that we need to bomb. Yeah. So, okay, so that's the, the underlying subtext of all these stories. So I started looking on the Pakistani papers to see why the heck they arrested this guy in the first place. And it is the screwball story. The guy was in the middle of nowhere someplace. He's obviously a spook. And he assassinated somebody on a motorcycle and another, and another vehicle to rescue him because he was being surrounded by the locals, came in on an SUV and ran over the other motorcyclist who apparently was involved in this. There's two guys on motorcycles and this guy. And it's a screwy story. And the whole thing doesn't make a lot of sense unless it's some sort of an operation that went bad. And so the Pakistanis are, are you know, they rescued yeah, the guy. But none of this is getting the play, John, because the... You know, we've got Anderson Cooper. No, I know. I think it's a disappointment to people who want to get the Pakistani thing up again because now I think there's a lot of battling stories going on. And and then stories, of course, completely whitewashed, like the Finland thing about... uh, Narcolepsy. Uh, narcolepsy, which yeah. is not getting any play. I mean, it's just been, you know, it's buried. Anderson Cooper hit 10 times in the head. Film at 11. But anyway, this is a story that may crop up again. I mean, cause right, the guy's arrested. He's, they're keeping him. So they can bring this back up after this other stuff boils over. Uh, but we'll see. But I just want to make everyone aware of this story in the background. I have uh, one from a category we haven't talked about much recently. All, All aboard! Train's good, plane's bad. 
This coming from Gitmo Nation Lowlands, uh, where they will soon be throwing wooden shoes at their uh, political leaders as part of the wooden shoe revolution. Uh, so uh, 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 something that's been a big joke in the Netherlands for the past, oh gosh, I want to say 15 years, is the high-speed rail they uh, installed. So uh, the French, by the way, call the Netherlands uh, Le Station du Nord, which is the, the northern train stop. Because that's the way you know the French are arrogant. It's like, oh, those people in Holland, yeah, they're just the they're just the train stop in the north. So they created this high speed rail, which which goes rips right down through the country. They had they removed houses, towns, all kinds of stuff. It runs parallel to the. When did uh, this go into play? I've never. Oh, this taken has been it. going for fifteen years. This is okay. the high speed rail in uh, in Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Big joke. Billions and billions of euros. Billions of euros. And uh, now Reuters reports the Dutch high-speed train operator could face eventual bankruptcy unless steps are taken to boost its viability. After little more than a year of full services, Infrastructure Minister Melanie Schultz, who, by the way, is a crook, proven crook, like in court proven crook, um, Parliament debated the fate of services on Tuesday after Schultz van Hagen wrote in a letter to members that train operator high-speed alliance, HSA, faced a serious deficit. So what are we going to do? Well, uh, I think uh, given the situation, action on my part is necessary, she said, uh, adding that operational profits at HSA are substantially lower than those in Vidges due to fewer domestic passengers than originally projected. Yeah, because people don't want to take your stupid train. So uh, the, the, the government... Where does it go from and to? Oh, it goes all the way down to uh, France. Well, most people, when you're in Holland, you, 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 you're you in Amsterdam, let's say. I could see maybe taking a high-speed rail to Rotterdam for business reasons. But you take the tr- you take a regular fast train, it's just they're all over the place, into uh, Cologne, and then you jump on the French high-speed train, and you get to Paris pretty quickly. Why would you take this train? It doesn't sound like it's going in the right direction. Well, no one's taking the train because they don't care. They don't want to go anywhere. But, so uh, you're telling me, hold on a second, all the people, you're, wait a minute, let me get this straight. You're telling me that in Europe, where train, where rail traffic is or tr- use is is uh, maxed out. I mean, you, I mean, this is where the place where trains make sense, as opposed to the United States, for example, where trains make no sense except maybe between Boston and New York. But generally speaking, they make no sense. They make nothing but sense in Europe. You're telling me that a high speed line can't even break even. Uh, some of HSA's trains travel with only 15% of their seats occupied. Huh. Well, then how's it supposed to work in this country? Oh, it won't, of course. But, huh. this, but this, was a, this was a huge scam. Given the situation... Uh, where is it? Uh, here it is. To ensure continuity of service for the travelers, the HSA will operate the trains at the expense of the state. <laughs> hey, human resources and Gitmo Nation lowlands. Hello, hello. <laughs> How you feel hello, now, suckers? And and this is this is the the government everybody wanted, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is the Geert, you know, so you, this is the government that Geert Wilders, uh, the guy who should have been governing, is you know he uh, he he's in, he's in the officially in the opposition. Uh, but the ruling party, you know, struck an agreement and, you know, they they would operate all kind of together in this Dutch polder model, as they call it, and uh, they'd accept all the terms. And meanwhile, so you got, you're, you're paying for stupid rail that no one's using, your coffee shops are closing, you have to get a weed pass, 
to buy some weed. So you know, no one's coming to Amsterdam anymore because you can't buy weed. Hello? Why else do you think the, the Brits come over there for your weed? So your tourism is going to go away. Uh, yeah, and, no, and tourism is going to be hit hard because you're right. There's yeah. a lot of Brits in particular. Yeah. Just go to Amsterdam and they they spend a lot of money and they go to those those bar places, those uh, coffee, coffee shops. shops are, yeah, coffee many shops. of them are, are pretty elaborate. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this is good for the local economy. Oh, no. and it doesn't do anybody any harm. I mean, people are walking around stoned. So what? They're walking around. They can't drive in the town anyway. No, it's groovy. Anyway. Well, that's good. I think we wrapped up a... Uh, important important information there. Nothing but bad news. Message implying match-fixing found on several sumo wrestler cell phones. Oh. I know you followed the sumos. Oh, yeah, I do, actually. But that fixed fix sumo wrestling matches are nothing new. They're a tradition. Yeah, it's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. All right, so we will keep a close eye and see which uh, news reporter gets hit in the head uh, today. Punched in the face. Punched in the face, that's right. Not one, not two, but ten times. Ah, I didn't even do my magic numbers. Jeez. I can't believe I didn't do the magic numbers. Well, do them while they're running the little thing. Uh, Just do one. Do the best one. <laughs> the best one is one you sent me. Hold on. Where, where is it? I can't find my magic numbers. Oh, here it is. Uh, 33 simple sex tips to turn her on. Oh, yeah, we have to go over this in the next show because some of these are just... Uh, and, the, and the funny thing is the comments that people left are yeah, even funnier than funnier. these idiotic sex tips from from Men's Health, which has got to be one of the worst magazines ever. Yep. 33 simple sex tips to turn her on. You know it's good when it's 33. Yeah. So we'll discuss that on Sunday when we'll have another show. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West here, the People's Republic of Southern California, where it's nice and sunny. I'm Adam Curry. And from uh, Northern Silicon Valley, where I have the radio green screen working. And by the way, go to Dvorak.org slash NA. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday for early morning service right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash NA.